0: 123 of the Random Channel Child Podcast. I'm Jason. I'm Angel. And I'm Elvis. Baritone Elvis. <laughs> and this episode <laughs> of the show is um, called Do a Barrel Roll as we're going to be sharing impressions of Star Fox Zero in the tail end of the show. But first, what a week it's been for Nintendo. Like, for many, I feel like it was kind of a sad week. For some, it was probably a confusing week. For one guy, somewhere on the internet, he loved it because he loves when people are sad. And but so- People don't even know what's happening. And some people don't even know what's happening. So, in our bubble, it's quite the week. Kids don't even know what Nintendo is. Some kids. That's true. And that's part of their problem, and that's why they're doing what they're doing. It all comes together. But yeah, no, in this episode, we are going to be talking about um, all the big news that Nintendo announced, uh, from NX not coming in 2017 to their Or chose not to announce. Or... Yeah, exactly. To, um, like, E3 plans being not what you would expect. So we're going to spend a lot of the episode trying to make sense of it all and discuss all those things um about why Nintendo's making these decisions. So that's up front, and then we're also going to talk about the financial report and some third-party game news and kind of look at what worked for Nintendo in the past through that financial report. So use those timestamps on the blog post for this episode because there's a lot of news that we're intertwining throughout. But to start things off, I'm just going to say it. The dream is dead. We are not getting NX in 2016. Um, originally, it was buried on like the fifth page of their financial report that, oh, yeah, NX comes out globally in 2017, in March 2017. And now they've since confirmed it multiple times. So they're just barely making it under uh, the cutoff they gave themselves of getting it out in the 2017 fiscal year. Like, literally, it comes out in March and the fiscal year ends in March. So they're going right up against the wire. Um, and when it does officially come out in March, well, we still right don't know what's going to happen. Wire.
1: What? Right up against the wire.
0: They are basically, yeah. I heard that one. Yeah, see, you 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 get to learn a new expression every time. <laughs> I, this podcast doubles for you, Elvis, as uh, Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. Essentially, where you get to learn new things every single time. <laughs> but uh, so, do you usually get this caliber type of announcements from? Those, I guess what we call financial meetings. We have. They announced the 3DS at something like this, I believe. They announced, they've announced like, the, formally announced the 3DS? Like, uh, they announced they'd show it at E3. Like, they oh, said we're okay. making a 3D All system. Right. They've done, they announced the DSi XL at a summer version of their financial briefing, like two weeks after e What E3. about game delays? Uh, yeah, they've sometimes hmm. slipped those in there. But this one's weird because it was like a perfect storm of everything. Because they said, like, NX is coming March 2017. They didn't tell us anything about what the NX will be. All they said is that the hardware, the unique feature, the price, all that's going to be announced as a separate event later this year that is not E3. And uh, Direct? Pr- I'm guessing it has to be bigger than a direct. Space I think World? Either they're going to bring back Space World or they're going to do something like what PS4 did when it came out where it was like a whole separate event. Because now that everyone's on the internet, they realize they don't necessarily need E3 as much. They can have their own day in the sun. So Nintendo's probably going to do that and get extra attention that way instead of getting clobbered during E3 which I assume is the logic, but we don't know anything about the NX and we won't won't E3. The only thing we're going to learn at E3 is um, what's up with the new Zelda, because that, which they also confirmed is now coming to NX and Wii U, will be at E3 and will be only thing at E3, which is weird. Uh, so I guess to start, have you guys seen, they released one piece of artwork for Zelda. Have you guys seen this artwork?
1: Yes. I don't think so.
0: No, it's, it's with it's, Link with the bone. Like, oh, that! Uh, it's like they
2: screen the last image of the trailer or something. Yeah, oh, but what's interesting? Man. But it's, it's hand-drawn that was now. New.
0: It's new, but what's interesting about it is that if he has something on his hip, and I don't know what it is. It's like it looks either like a book or like some sort of like weird Game Boy or something. Like Nintendo has before. and I think the general consensus is it's a book, but Maybe. whatever it is is going to be tied into the. Whatever the hook in this Zelda is. Whatever that would be safe to assume. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of <laughs> hoping it's like some sort of Game Boy thing. Cause no then it's, no chances there. Yeah, no, no. But my, my point was I was hoping it would be like a Game Boy thing because then they can mimic. Do you remember like in Luigi's Mansion you had the Game Boy Horror? Which was like mm. the system you used to navigate the mansion but it's just a riff on a Game Boy. Well, if they have the whole map system with Zelda and they have all that secondary stuff using the gamepad or whatever the NX has presumably, this book thing will be the in-game version of that, so it'd be kind of cool if it's a little self-referential, like, handheld unit, but we'll see, we'll see. Um, we will. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. But yeah, no, beyond beyond what Link is wearing or what's on his belt, uh, there's certainly a lot to digest. I mean, why I just said, I rather through the big things, you know, NX in 2017, noth- uh, nothing really at E3 except Zelda. Zelda's on X and Wii U, also delayed to 2017 in order to accommodate the NX launch, but we should probably, like, there's a lot of digesting. I feel like it's best if we kind of just break it down piece by piece. So first is the NX delay. And was anyone surprised it was coming in 2017? Now, it's felt to me like 2016 was kind of a shoo-in. I thought it was going to come out in 2016. Yeah, well, was oh, like, no, wait. This year's 2016. Yeah. Yes. I was kind
1: of surprised. No, I was kind of thinking it was going to come out 2017. Really?
0: Well, well okay. One of you go first? So we have Angel saying he expected it. I was saying you didn't. I'm on your side, Angel. I don't think I... I thought it was coming this year. The dream is dead to me. <laughs> but why didn't you think it was?
1: No, I, I take back my statement. I was, I was thinking in 2015 that it would come in 2016. Oh, and now we're in 2016. Yeah. So you
0: thought it'd be this year. Like, yeah. we're basically dead and this is... Which I'm guessing is why you thought is that dead. way.
2: Yeah, I just thought like, all right, like, they have to... Like, Kind of like last year was um, kind of a slow holiday for them. I thought this year, like, all right, well, obviously, they're going to come out. Like, all they had was Zelda and the NX as Mm -hmm. far as, like, the big things that they were going to release. And now it's like, they kind of took that away. So I was just kind of surprised. But I'm actually kind of really, really happy about that decision. Yeah. Um, More for, like, personal stuff, it's just more like, oh, after this particular summer of events... I'm not gonna be looking forward to spending like an extra three hundred plus dollars at the end of the year. Right, right. It's kinda of nice for it to be moved on to March, so it's like, oh all right, even more recovery time.
0: Yeah. So
2: and in I that think, sense
0: it's a lot better for me. Sure. And then on a on a general level, I think it might like I wanted it in twenty sixteen. I think you're right. They have nothing for Wii U this year. We'll talk about it later when we talk about their game output. It's, out Disney, this year, we're but it's to a completely, dead completely year.
2: finish the Wii U library we do have. Yeah,
0: yeah, which is something that I think Nintendo's terms gonna leverage more so we'll also talk later. But what I was gonna say is that um I think from Nintendo's perspective, as much as it sucks that it's not coming this year like we assumed, it's probably for the best. Like, if they didn't feel it was ready for launch, I would much rather they delay it Instead of having a weird slow rollout situation, Ooh. like do you remember? Yeah,
2: maybe during to avoid that whole Wii thing, like oh yeah, 3 like, um, had the
0: same problem. Yeah,
2: the eShop wasn't there in the beginning. Yeah, what was the Wii missing? The on? Wii was
0: missing loading abilities. All its menus took over a minute to load. Like mm. it was bad. Like and oh, for, they rushed it out for the holidays. Did they have Miiverse right away? Did no, have no, I they, don't remember. Honestly, they did. They did. Because it was in Nintendo Land day one. Yeah. The Miiverse, uh, everything was there, but it no ran TV, like molasses. was like super. Yeah. It was like stuck in like a sand trap or something. Like, it just wouldn't run. And then 3DS had no eShop for a while, and both of them had very long periods of no game releases the first year of their life. So if delaying NX fixes those things and let Nintendo put out a steady stream of games, then I'm all for it coming in 2017. It sucks that they're missing the holiday period, but I think it would suck more if they released a half-baked product in November, only to then. Not properly supported and give it a bad reputation for that first time, many yeah, months. Yeah, because
2: I mean, yeah, it
0: just kind of reminds me of the whole Street Fighter thing. Like the
2: when it originally launched, Five. Like, yeah, Street Fighter yeah. Five. Like it got kind of a bad reputation for the like the lack of content that it will definitely have eventually. But like if they had waited to release the game till then, like oh everyone would be happy. Like whoa, what a jam-packed game! But yeah. like, then I guess it definitely wouldn't have been ready for Evo. Like they couldn't have used that at Evo. I mean, yeah. Because then there'd only be like twenty competitors. Like those people that
0: have been playing. The beta version or whatever. Yeah, no, I th- I think you're right that, like, yeah, they don't want to Street Fighter situation. They don't want to NX, or a 3DS and Wii yeah. situation with NX. So this is, for better or worse, they, they have to kind of take a bullet this year, but it saves them the problems down the road. It's better to have your system that's already having a bad reputation continue to carry that bad reputation than to give the new one a bad they reputation. They
1: better have a nice messaging system.
0: I, oh, so I assume it, they will I yeah. mean Mitomo gives me hope they will because they get they got the chat component and the commenting thing right like you get a notification as soon as there's a comment like it actually works they're working with DNA so I'm hoping they understand that infrastructure now
2: I feel like Sony never had that kind of issue where like they Sony sorted it, but they were smart and this was, and Nintendo's doing the same thing because I feel like
0: I'm, not, like I'm not really remembering any
2: kind of like like oh this feature isn't ready or whatever oh
0: it, uh, that less so but Game Drought they avoided by doing all those remasters of PS3 games oh yeah And, as rumors have pointed to that we discussed during the show in the past, it sounds like Nintendo's got to do the same thing. It sounds like, from remasters to new games to everything, it sounds like they have learned the mistake, learned from the mistake, and they're now doing everything to prevent repeating it. Because, you know, we talked in the past that there's going to be a Smash Bros. NX version, there's going to be maybe a Porsche Platoon and Mario Maker, we talked about that I think last episode, uh... There's also Zelda now on both. Like, they're really doing everything they can to just get as many games on their day one or shortly thereafter. So there's, like, a steady stream. And now, according to Emily Rogers, who time and time again has kind of proven that she's legit and knows what she's talking about, um, Nintendo is apparently aiming to give the Wii U, uh, sorry, the NX, don't get these straight, is, is going to give the NX a game library in one year that's comparable to what the Wii U took three to four years to do. That's what she says. Now, this is a mix of, like... um that saying a lot? Well, I mean, if you think about how many games come out on the Wii U... How many which... of those are new? Many. Many? Well, right. I mean, just look at your shelf. Basically, you have way more here well, than Well, I guess I'm expecting,
2: like, if they're going to do that in one year, I mean... It's, it's going to be a mix. It's gonna yeah, because, I mean,
0: a lot of people assume, and it's safe to assume, that a lot of them are going to be, like, remakes or... There's gonna be remakes. There's gonna be new stuff. According to her, it's gonna be a mix. Like she said, she's been hearing. Of course, there's gonna be the you know the AAA tiles, but also gonna be the B tier stuff, maybe eShop only stuff, the remakes, the upgraded ports. But they have apparently. I hope the virtual console situation is not going to be like
2: another, like
0: restart on your entire collection. Well, another if, another well mine, if you had them on Wii U and Wii yeah. U. Well, that's Nintendo's supposed to avoid, is they can actually track all those purchases oh, yeah. now across platforms. So, yeah. presumably, no. Hopefully, no. Presumably. I, it should be... I shouldn't even have to question we, it. No, you shouldn't. But the problem is we do, because Nintendo screwed it up twice before. So, <laughs> so I don't know. But hopefully not. But yeah, she was saying it's going to be a whole mix of things. Um, and like, it's going to be stuff we don't expect, because obviously Zelda we expected. But she then said at a later time that Retro Studios has a game coming in 2017 for NX. It's not Metroid. It's not Donkey Kong. It's going to be a new IP from what she's been hearing and it will be out in that first year. you so, they're on a
1: streak with Splatoon.
0: Yeah, exactly. Splatoon's a huge hit for them. Like, bigger than... It's almost caught up to Smash Bros. sales on Wii U. It's kind of insane how big it is. But yeah, so she's You're saying that... So they,
1: didn't, didn't, they did not see that coming?
0: I don't think they did. Because it took off in Japan late. Like, it only took off in Japan around the holidays. You know, it's been out since last spring. It's been out for almost a full year, but like, the frenzy is only like maybe half a year. So it, it was a bit of a slowdown. I wonder what the late bloom? Better marketing, probably. I don't know. They did a bundle with the system at one point. That might have helped. But uh, but yeah, we have all that coming from Nintendo, according to Lee Rogers. And then separately from that, there's also reports of other developers starting to make an X game. So it is starting to look like we might have a legitimate chunk of games. For example, we talked months ago, I think, that Square Enix was bringing the next Dragon Quest to NX, supposedly. Uh, Square Enix has walked back that statement but they did outright say it's coming to NX and go, ha just just kidding so I assume that means it is and they just slipped up but Mm -hmm. not only that, but there's also Tecmo Koei is now, or Koei Tecmo whichever order you prefer to say, is now supposedly actively developing an NX game they apparently announced that and separately, this is one I'm excited about, mm. Monster Games, the guys that made Excite Truck, Excite oh. Bots, hey, don't owe, they're great games, how dare you. <laughs> I no, like, why don't you bring games? them over so we could play? Okay, I will sometime. Anyway, they make these excellent games, and they've been working exclusively as Nintendo developers since 2006 when they did Excite Truck, so they made those, they did the port for Boy Chronicles on 3DS, on new 3DS, for Donkey Kong Returns on old 3DS, Long story short, they're a Nintendo exclusive developer and one of their guys on LinkedIn, one of their employees, has list he's a software engineer and he's listing working on a UI for game and development since twenty fifteen. And he's specifically building out quote, building out the career and championship modes UI. So if that means another NX game in the Excite here or another Excite game on the NX, I am a hundred percent on board and it totally backs what um Emily Rogers is saying where they're really just pooling everything into one place. Like you got the B tier racer. You got the Zelda. You got whatever retro steals. No F zero. You they, there's what no rumors that, yet. What if
2: that? monster F zero. Did. It could be.
0: It could be. Actually, they be they do a good F zero. I think.
2: I mean, like definitely had that really cool speed
0: sensation. Yeah. Yeah. I. I kind of hope it is. Now that you mention it, and I think, I think you know whether it's F zero or something else, it turns up to something with all this software. Like it's no coincidence that if you look at the last releases this year, the last few releases this year, very, very... Or even the last couple of years, very, very few of them are actually from Nintendo's in-house teams. Like, you got Monster building something. You've got rumors that Retro's building something. you got all these ports that don't require development from scratch. you got Pokin came from Bandai Namco. Hardware's Legends was Koei Tecmo. Twilight Princess HD was by a company called Tantalus in Australia. It wasn't even Nintendo directly. Tantalus? Um, something like that. Tantalus or Tantalus or... Uh, they're a developer that basically specializes in doing no, HD ports. Oh. Yeah, so Nintendo contracted it out. And then Tokyo Mirage Sessions is Atlas. They're handling that. Modern Sonic the Olympic Games is all Sega. Metroid Prime Federation Force is next-level games. Almost everything coming this year from Nintendo is not actually by Nintendo. Hmm. So what are their people doing? They, they must be working on NX games. This lines up very nicely with uh, Emily Rogers saying that they're focusing entirely on NX. They basically contracted out all the current games that are holding us over until nx so that when nx launches they can do some crazy rollout scheme a game a month or some something like that which is what they did with wii so it is doable they did have a game a month on wii at one point so so we'll see and i mean i think honestly i've wanted to do this forever there was a period Do you guys remember fall for for a long time do you remember fall 2002 (laughs) Fallout 2002? No, fall of 2002. Oh. The, year, the the season of fall in the year 2002. This was the GameCube's first... <sighs> like, freshman year of high school? I Sure. This was the... Ga- no, like, eighth grade for us. Um, Well, one of those. Yeah, this was the GameCube's first full year out, 2002, and Nintendo knocked it out of the par- park with release- releases because they had Mario Sunshine in August. Two weeks later, they had Animal Crossing. Two weeks later, they had Star Fox Adventures. And then four or five weeks la- later, they had Metroid Prime. Four top tier major releases in like a do nine weeks. Well, I, this one I distinctly remember, and I've been wanting them ever since then to do that again for a holiday. Just go all in, have triple A games across the board. Although at the time, I guess Animal Crossing wasn't quite. But yeah, maybe um, that's
1: why they've been waiting this whole time.
0: Just to because I want it. Like, <laughs> no, we can't let them have it. <laughs> no, but my point is like this could be the year they do it. They on Wii, I was saying they had one game a month at one point. This they had this. AAA strategy back in 2002 and they finally have all the ducks in a row and all the developers not working on current gen stuff and they're porting over unannounced projects to NX according to Emily Rogers so it is possible by delaying NX to March we're now actually going to get the steady drumbeat of games like once a month every month there could be some game it could be spin offs, could be main games I don't know but it seems like putting it in 2017 makes it possible mm-hmm. which you- is good I think. I think it's better to do that and give us nothing this year.
2: What about 3DS? Is that pretty much on the same boat? Because, I mean, we don't, we don't even know what yeah, NX is. Is so like, going to kill it?
0: Well, th- this is what's interesting. So, for Wii U, they basically are anticipating no sales this year. They said they don't expect 800,000 Wii U sold between now and next fiscal year. For 3DS, they're still expecting 5 million. Whoa. So, I think they have the advantage that they have Pokemon. Sun and Moon comes out this holiday. They have Metroid Prime Federation for us. They have the Dragon Quest. They have... Stuff and they apparently have an unannounced game in the works too, so they have stuff, they just don't have the right stuff to push it beyond five, five million. Is a lower forecast than what they did this year, so they don't have enough to like really up. but they can keep it alive. Unlike Wii U, which seems like they've pretty much given up on. Like, I don't know, it's weird. Um, but now that I think about it, I guess there is one other perk to NX in 2017 I didn't really think of. Um, they have no competition. Because if rumors are true, this year, well, PlayStation VR is for sure coming out. There's Oculus, there's HTC Vive, there's rumors of the PS4K, you know, that, like, half-step PS4. Mm. There's rumors of an Xbox One half-step, or like a, what, Xbox 1.5, I guess? There's all this stuff that's supposedly coming out this holiday, which was supposed to be Nintendo's moment, where there wouldn't be competition because it's off-cycle with the other consoles. But if all that's happening this holiday, they can kind of sidestep it by putting a next next, And year. just watch all that stuff. Well, okay. Just watch all stuff that stuff out, and then next year after people get their well, money say, and well, Christmas I mean, gifts, they can... Besides
2: like, the stuff that we have, that it's confirmed to come out this year, what are the other
0: rumored stuff to come out in March? I doubt that. Uh, no, I seriously mm. doubt that. No one releases a console out of the holiday season, which is why it's super weird that Nintendo is, but... But yeah, so to me, at least, and I don't know if you guys agree, but to me, at least, the NX in 2017 makes sense and is pretty reasonable based on the fact that they want all those games lined up. They want to avoid competition. My one big concern, though, and we kind of touched on this, is that what does that mean for the rest of Nintendo this year? NX is like, that's 2017, but what about all the people on Wii's? What about all the people on 3DS's? What are we doing this year? You just have to hold out. What? You just have to hold out. I guess, but it's weird because like, there's Pokemon... And I, you know, I route off the 3S games. For for Wii U, they have nothing, basically. I'm Paper Mario Color Splash.
1: Bro. I mean, Smash.
0: But that's that's <laughs> two years old. That's not selling things. They were hoping right the now. hype would live it out then. I don't... It's, see? I, yeah,
2: it has to now. <laughs> but, but, yeah, it's just weird because, like... <laughs> I mean, they'll probably see some more sales around Evo. I mean, that's going to get a lot of press.
0: Yeah, yeah, but that's not... I mean, yes, and I think they're going to rely on that
2: more. But they could have just not stopped with the deal until the wii u came out yeah i
0: mean well I, this is why i think something happened with nx where there's a bigger issue and they weren't planning for a bigger gap because like if you look at their line their release schedule it's so empty and like i think the best environment of this is probably that the only game at e3 is going to be zelda which is if nothing else insane and slightly ironic so i guess now shifting from x to e3 um Last year, I don't know if you guys remember going into E3, everyone was flipping out because Nintendo said Zelda was going to skip I've never, the show. Huh? I've never been in E3. Huh? i never been in E3. No, A3. but last year during E3. Oh. You're taking me very literally today. <laughs> no, last <laughs> year during E3, remember like going into the show, everyone's like, Nintendo's like, we're not going to have Zelda. And everyone's like, well, what? how could you not have Zelda? Nintendo's your big game. I feel like, ironically, now they've kind of gone, oh, you wanted Zelda? Fine. Here is Zelda and down your nothing else. They're now repeating the <laughs> Zelda thing with NX. Like, you want NX at E3? It won't be there. But you did want Zelda, and here it is. And then next year,
1: they'll have a little bit of those. And it'll Maybe. be the most successful fiscal year.
0: Ever. Yeah. Like his thinking. What's Ever. the
1: most successful year Nintendo has gone on? I have no idea.
0: Uh, the Wii <S laughs> years. The Wii <laughs> years.
1: Oh, that's true. I that's mean, they've nice. sold
0: 101 million of those things. So, yeah. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, it's just kind of funny that they did this whole pivot where it's like, fine, you want Zelda? Here, here's just Zelda. Just, are you happy now? But but my... my uh, my only question is why they have to do this the one year I get to go all three days. This is my first time I get to go all E3 and then they don't even have anything there to play. But, but no, the, the serious issue is um, I don't get why they would throw away all the E3 momentum at all. Like E3 is like it's not uh, just what like- they have on the show floor. So like the the Treehouse is gonna be playing like Premier Zelda the whole time. I see, I don't know. <laughs> They're gonna beat the whole game because that's it's all this they the year to play. the Treehouse dies. <laughs> that's yeah. That's just how. That, that's why Eric Peterson left the Treehouse a few weeks. No, I don't know. But he um, coming. yeah, he did. No, but it's just weird. because, like, Good job, Eric if you <laughs> if you think about the momentum that in has E three. They do. They start like the weekend before with you know the Smash tournament, the World Championships. Then they have the direct where they announce a bunch of stuff. Then they have everything on the show floor, so the press is covering it while they simultaneously do Treehouse live and cover it themselves. Then like the next day you can go to Best Buy and go play all the, a few of the games for yourself. Then at the end of the week they have even more Treehouse stuff that kind of wraps all nicely in a bow. And why would they give that all up? They nailed the like multifaceted E3 approach, and I was just like, yeah, that was great, but. How about just some Zelda, you guys? Like it's just weird. Like I don't know So for a second you don't think that this is all like one big lie and there actually is No it's be... not a lie. There's no way they would do that. <laughs> that's that's misleading to their investors. They were saying in the financial you don't group think, like, that last to investors. Me, you don't think left
2: me they're gonna be like Well, you know what? Here is um Paper Mario Color splash. splash. Yeah, color splash.
0: I don't know why they're not doing that. <laughs> I mean like it doesn't make the only thing I could think of is something happened with the NX. There was probably gonna be some sort of blowout for the NX. I don't know what. But then something went wrong with its development. Be it the games are delayed or there's development snacks, maybe they're having issues with the chips being used, and that prevented their whatever they were planning to not happen. Their steady release plan maybe didn't work for the games like we were talking about. Or there's a component issue. Or whatever it is, they had to pull the NX and they don't have enough time to build in a month entire demos just for E3 of all the other games. Like, they're like, fine, we'll do Zelda and NX. That's our E3. But then, you, if you don't have NX, you only have Zelda. Because the weird thing about E3 that you don't think about is it takes a lot of time to build those E3 demos. They basically have to build a so full self Do you every night when you go to sleep no, about think about uh, it? No, I, I said I don't think about it. I was agreeing with you. Yeah, but no, it really does, because you, you're basically building a little mini-game. You have to take every component of the game, cram it in, polish it up, and make this little 15-20 minute thing that feels like a finished product. For a game that is nowhere near finished. So that's a good couple months of dev work, I'd imagine. So if they just decided, let's say the week before they announced all this stuff, like two weeks ago, we're not going to have ANX games, we're not going to have ANX, they can't necessarily go to Intelligent Systems and say, we need uh, Color Splash in four weeks. Like, we need a fully functional, fully finished demo of <laughs> Color Splash in four no, weeks. No, Unless
2: they're like, you know what? Uh, oh, no, wait. No, I guess I can't really work. I was going to say, like, what if um, they have all this space? Because I mean, I was looking at the, someone posted up a picture of the E34 plans. Yeah. And Nintendo has, like, a ton of space. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So, like, so, it's like, well, maybe they could invite some of the third parties that have Wii U games. Oh, just bring your Wii U games here. So, they'd have, like, two people. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's
0: for... They could... See, this is what I understand. Why don't they at least get the indie guys? They could just have indie games. Or they could have already released games. Maybe they won't get much attention. But at least they're there. But, like, I think whatever was going on in Nintendo was almost like a perfect storm that caused this. Like there's probably something wrong with the NX there was uh, they have their current console that's not doing well their current handheld's kind of on the downward trend they have their president passing away a year ago they have a corporate restructuring they're trying to launch on mobile they have all this going on at once and something's gonna slip you can't juggle all that perfectly when your company is small as Nintendo mm. so I imagine something went wrong
1: the company's not small
0: huh it's small by comparison to most tech companies
1: oh um, I guess if I ever had a company He's
0: a big guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but... Um, no, but I... Thomas played double's advocate, though. Like, maybe this was intentional. Maybe they didn't have to pull out an exit the last minute. Because I can make sense of it being intentional, too. Like, not... I I, I guess I can make sense of it. I mean... And we... It's just so weird to me. Like... Maybe they... Well, let me back up. Maybe... Uh, what were you going to say?
2: No, no, no. It's just like... It, it just would have been nice or if we lived in a world where the Wii U wasn't bombing the way it was because then like, yeah. none of this would have been like... I
0: think. Yeah. It's just, but but then on the flip yeah. side, maybe I was being too hard on Town's perfect Storm. Maybe they purposely from the start didn't want to have the NX. I mean, we talked about a little bit ago like they could do their own event like the PS4 does and the, ma- ma- the fact of the matter is E3 is becoming less and less relevant every single year. Hmm. Activision's not there this year. Disney's not there this year. EA's doing something across the street instead of being there, like simultaneously. Like a public EA. Oh, they're doing a public EA, facing though. thing, yeah. But either way, they're not there either. So maybe I'll Nintendo's being in, face a... being in
1: the public. What? I hope to get punched in the face being in the public. EA is a company. Like someone just <laughs> goes and punches the sign in the middle. Well, like, the they representatives, they're going to yeah. be. Well, why do doing... they get punched
0: in the face? They're just doing their job. But, but no, I think, I started thinking. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was intentional. Maybe they never planned to show NX and the Zelda thing's another issue, but maybe they never plan to show NX at all because why they have proven with Directs and they've seen it happen with Apple and all those other companies that announced stuff and with Sony with the PS four event. You can make headlines whenever you want. You can have a day that's like NX day and you will dominate every tech yeah, site.
2: And honestly like everything's gonna be getting so much press like it It's gonna get buried, honestly. I mean like for I mean for friends like we just wanna see it there because that's like where we get all the uh, well, I mean, I guess they would get the the for anyway if Nintendo's at their own event. But I guess it just feels like a like a holiday of sorts. Yeah. But yeah, I know you're right. I mean, it definitely makes as much sense as not more to just do their the own things. Yeah. So I, mean, I guess go for any company, for that. Yeah, matter.
0: yeah, and I think that's why we're seeing E3 get less relevant every year. Because E3 was like this great thing in the '90s and early 2000s. They didn't have easy internet, so it's just like, oh, it's this one week where everyone goes and learns about the games and disperses do you think, the information. Like, it was more of a, a event event. it had to be because that's the only place you could go and learn do you think
2: within the next five years um, E3 will be no more Um, and and, and this is going to be
0: like spread out events throughout the year like oh let's go to a
2: Nintendo thing I think what's
0: going to happen is E3 is having their CES moment CES used to be the premier technology gadget everything show period Mm -hmm. everyone was there Apple stopped going because they're like we don't need this we can do our own event and then slowly other companies start stopped announcing things. It became like weird Chinese gadgets. And then out of nowhere the car industry came in. and made it about like car connected car technology. Like it shifted from being the gadget show to being like a gadget show. And I think what's gonna happen with e three is it's gonna shift from being the video game like hub for a week to just being another place where demos are shown. Like Nintendo does probably like half a dozen conventions here in the US alone now. We see them at Comic Con, we see them at WonderCon, they do packs, they do PAXies. they do packs is there, oh. is there another pack? Do, I think there's three packs. In. They do Comic Con New York. They do, do Comic Con New York. Yeah. They are at like seven conventions a year. And as we learned when we were at WonderCon, as we discussed in the previous episode, they brought unreleased stuff that no one's played before. They had the first demos of Metroid Prime Federation Force there. They didn't wait to E3. They don't have to wait for E3. At. Um, Pax East they brought Kirby Robo Boba 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 for the first time and they That's not what it's called planet robo it's planet robot pl- planet, Robobot, planet you know? robo robo bot oh. robo bot but called robo boba but they they've had <laughs> they had that playable better planet robot <laughs> yeah but they had it playable at Pax East for the first time they never had it anywhere else they won't have it anywhere else it'll be out before it, it could go anywhere else so they I think Nintendo's already starting to wean off E3 and I wouldn't be surprised if they just depending on how Zelda goes I wouldn't be surprised if they just don't show up next year Mm-hmm. So it's
1: harsh,
0: yeah. But I mean, that's just the reality. Like, there's no reason for E3. Didn't they would have an event like a week before E3? That'd be funny. That's <laughs> what Apple used to do with CES, they used to have iPhone announcements simultaneously, but in San Francisco or like leading into CES or right after CES. So, like, CES would be going on, and all tech trends would be in Vegas. And Apple would be like, Hey, guys, ignore all those companies, come to our press event. Didn't right they now. move to right before E3? Or I remember at some point they do kind WWDC of... before E3, but the iPhone unveiling in 2007 was like the Monday of CES. So they basically forced the tech industry to pick where they want to go. Either well, you can go listen to 20 other companies or you can come listen to us because they're that powerful. But, but yeah, so at least on the E3 relevancy thing, that explains why NX might not be there. And I can see why that's intentional and I, I get it. Like, okay, that makes sense. But why? Why <laughs> would Nintendo not bring any other games but Zelda? That makes no sense to well, me. They're gonna have, like, it's
1: going to be a surprise unreleased game that they never announced. See, they can't Shipped do that. Secrets. They
0: can't say. They can't do that for one simple reason. They told their investors that they are only going to demo Zelda. They can't lie to their investors. That what are they just the, like? Problem. Trust those homies. But they didn't. What they could have said is we'll have Zelda and other surprises. Or we'll be showing Zelda and other things. Or Zelda will be a prominent part of our booth. And we in turn would have
1: known that they would have had surprises? What? And we in turn would have known that they would have surprises? Yeah,
0: but you can say that. Or you can even say Zelda will be the primary focus. But instead they said the word only. They said it's the only demo. Which, in theory, means they could have a, f- a sizzle reel running in the corner that has, like, ten unannounced games. Or maybe they'll have Treehouse Or eyes. are they going to
2: transform their whole booth area into, like, a mini Hyrule Field? That's what I'm kind of hoping. Have, like, a like, little stable where you could, like, pet a horse that looks like a pony ride frankly...
0: It. Little pony rides. Quite frankly, if they're going the route with E3 of we're only having Zelda, it better be like I'm walking into Disneyland. <laughs> they have so much space, and they're promising Couldn't complete They kind of did immersion. Immersion? Tenderland? They did... So they uh, they had that. the Twilight space. Princess. You had to walk through a fake dungeon to play the demo. It even had like the fake water on the floor. That you, you know where you step on the water like in a mall, and it like animates based on where your feet your feet go. Mm-hmm. They had that um, on the floor at their like Zelda thing. You're like walking through corridors to get to the demo. So if they do that, if it's like a funhouse, I'm on board. Like a Hyrule Funhouse, I'm on board. But but it won't be realistically. Um, you don't think so? No? Maybe it will be. I don't know. But I just don't get why. We I mean, at least on the other
2: at least on the upside, <laughs> at least as a as a soon to be e3 attendee, um, that means that you're going to be waiting in line less time, presumably, because you're going to have that many more demos and there'll be less to play. So,
0: but, but maybe the demo could be lengthier, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we don't know. We don't know. I think it is going to be like a forty minute demo. VRs, all the see that would be neat but they're saying they're only showing this is the weirder part they're only showing the wii u version of zelda because they haven't revealed the nx yet which makes sense but like so hey guys <laughs> we're gonna show you the You're inferior the- zelda that's coming out simultaneously with the console we won't show you enjoy what if they let you play the nx version but they have it
2: like covered with a cloth so but, but it has a different it. controller oh well they're like oh it's compatible with uh, wii u pro controller so here here is this that would be interesting that'd be <laughs> extremely interesting
0: i'm kind of curious if they do that
2: but or it's compatible with the gamepad like if you happen to have a gamepad there's like, yeah so yeah. to you you look you think you're playing weird. and then someone's gonna try to press the home button and it's not and it's gonna, gonna go
0: work low, like it's gonna have like the nx name like the nintendo <laughs> it's gonna crash it's extreme. gonna be like code or something yeah uh i will say i kind of lied when i said i have no idea why nintendo wouldn't do more games A like three i was i trusted you i know and i betrayed your trust i'm so sorry to you and the listeners but no, I was thinking about this a lot, actually. And I'm not exaggerating my this. I was like, seriously, like, just randomly, I'd have like a lull in my day and I'd be like, why aren't there more games at E3? And I have two conspiracy theories as to why that may be. First up is the crazy one. This did one is you have your aluminum hat on? I did. Tinfoil, yeah. Tinfoil hat I, on I, I hand built hand it. On. <laughs> I built it, put it on as my thinking cap, and then took it off when I came up with this theory. This is the worst case scenario. But I wonder if Nintendo doesn't want to have more at E3 because they're trying to control the message after all the Federation Force negative buzz. Remember last E3, people went and played Blast Ball, and they're like, this isn't very good. And then, like, people are like, "But and the game doesn't even, like, match what we want out of Metroid. It's like a double whammy. It was so bad that, like, in the most recent town Direct, they actually had to trot out the game's div- director and have him, like, basically plea why it's his passion project and why you should care about it. <laughs> like, they've never had to do that before. And they had to do that because it got such bad buzz at E3. So I wonder... If they're only demoing Zelda at E3, because they're confident that's a good game, and then they will show off things like Federation Force or or like Color Splash in Treehouse Live segments on a live stage at the booth well, to let them control the message, when to does let Federation them Force have the out? conditions and the narrative they want to have. What? When does Federation Force is come out? It is officially coming out August 19th. Oh, okay. So, Which well, that's is interesting, because it's supposed to be out spring, and then it got delayed to early fall, which makes me wonder... Is the game being polished or what was the is it a stopgap because there's nothing
2: coming out this year? What was the last game Nintendo released like on their initial like release date? Their uh, major there's games. been some. Because I feel like
0: some. every major game has gotten delayed. No, there's been some. Mario Kart 8. Star got Mario delayed. Mario Kart 8. Really? Yeah. No actually it. I don't think that got delayed. Uh, 3D World? Don, uh, yeah Donkey Kong did well that. I wouldn't
2: know that's what I'm asking too.
0: yeah no I think I'd think the, mo- i say it's like 50 Donkey Kong definitely got delayed yeah Donkey Con did that's why I stopped myself yeah. but 3D World did not uh, Nintendo Land <laughs> <laughs> well didn't the Wii U itself got delayed so wouldn't that buy no it never got delayed actually that's what's impressive the Wii U did not get delayed and technically the NX oh that's right either. it should have been it delayed it should have been delayed <laughs> and the NX uh-huh. technically isn't delayed either it just we just all assumed it was coming this year
2: yeah, but, yeah, but they, to, they never
0: said it was
2: gonna, be, it was gonna be at E3. They never said any of that. No, they didn't yeah. say a word. We just thought it. We just wide. thought it was like a well, guarantee. When yes, you look if, at yeah. their release
0: schedule, it is a guarantee because no, there's a giant gaping hole in their release schedule the size of whatever DNX is.
2: But I mean, we're we're not businessmen. We don't. We're not running these companies. So we don't know. No, but that's yeah. why. No, no, I, no, but yeah. I
0: think I think like I think we're on something with their doing the software. No, but, no, no, yeah, yeah. But my, my theory here about E3 is that they're controlling, they might A, be controlling the message. Because, like, good examples, the Federation Force didn't work when they let people play. It got really bad buzz. Devil's Third, as you may recall, and Xenoblade Chronicles X were both shown only in the Treehouse live segments. You could not find them anywhere on the show floor. I do not remember that? I remember. But, uh, because I was there. <laughs> no, like, Crockle's X in particular. I remember I went to look for Xenoblade. So, I was like, well, let's see. Maybe that one won't be as crowded, the demo. I'll try it. And I walk around the booth, like, a good, like, lap. And then I notice, finally, in the back corner of the booth, literally against a back wall, is just a TV running sizzle reel of Xenoblade with some artwork under it that's, like, coming this year. And it's just like, that, that's it? They showed it for, like, hours on Treehouse, but they never had it playable. And that game got good buzz, and that game did well with fans. They also showed Devils 3rd on the final day of E3, only to in the Treehouse segment. And while the game turned out bad, I remember the buzz coming out of that segment with people going like, it looks like it has potential. Now, if they went hands-on with it, they might have felt otherwise. But just seeing it, it wasn't like the best buzz. People were like, it looks like it's a little rough, but it has potential. But that's certainly better than Blast Ball, where everyone's like, I don't like this. So, maybe they don't have confidence in their lineup this year enough to actually have everything playable, which is a horrible... This is why I said it's like a conspiracy theory. Like, maybe Color Splash isn't very good, or is too much like Sticker well, Star. Well, that's the only like reason I could imagine for
2: anyone not wanting to demo something. It goes the same for, yeah. like, the film industry. Like, usually when something doesn't have a pre-screener, that usually means it sucks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think I... Now, maybe it doesn't even suck, but maybe they're worried that, like, Color Splash, it yeah. already got the reaction from fans. like, it's too much like Sticker Star. This isn't going to be good. So how unfortunate it would be for Nintendo if they bring it to E3, and they're like, check it out, we have seven games, one's Color Splash, and a seventh of their lineup is just bashed for being like sticker starch people don't want. So this might be a way for them to control the message. It can easily be like, oh, it's Zelda. Everyone loves Zelda and we're really proud of this game. And then the other stuff they can kind of quietly push out throughout the rest of the year. Another example, um, Amiibo Festival. They From have
1: too it. much confidence on Zelda.
0: They might. <laughs> it, it is possible that they are putting on oh, right, game is terrible. It won't be terrible, but it, it could there's always the chance that something could not work right. And as such, they could put all the eggs in the basket, and then some core mechanic just isn't good, and then the whole game's dragged down. Case in point, that's how a lot of people felt about Star Fox Zero. They put so many eggs in that control basket, and it got very mixed results. But, uh, yeah, so that's my conspiracy theory of why, one of two theories of why Nintendo only is Zelda. The other one's a little more grounded, and probably more closer to the truth. Uh, And that's simply maybe they don't have enough games. And they don't want to have a booth with three games and look really sad and pathetic. Because, I I mean, the fact is, E3, when you go to E3, Nintendo always has, like, 12, 15 games. When you see their press kit come out, when you see all the coverage on sites, it's, like, 12 games minimum. So, if they show up, and they're next to Xbox, like, literally, they're across the aisle from Xbox. And they have, like, 27 Xbox One exclusives, and they go over to PlayStation, it's, like, 12 PS4 games and 18 VR games. And they go to Nintendo, it's, like, three (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really it doesn't look good it's bad so they can't spin only having three games they can spin saying they're making an immersive Zelda experience and turn and say the one demo is to make a full high rule because one game
2: is better than all these games yeah or not,
0: not so much even that but just like we're really proud of this game and we are making our E3 experience about Zelda to create the full immersive experience which is what they're calling it They're to make it, the whole reason they're doing this is so it's more immersive they claim it's covering for lack of games but I think it'd be, you can't really spin Color Splash is more immersive. We You are inside a booth made of paper. Like, it doesn't work as well. So, that could be the other reason. Is It's a PR save. And I mean, at least for Wii U, that is not far-fetched. Because, kind of going full circle back to the lack of uh, software, there simply isn't anything coming out. I know we've said this a few not times, even but... Not even Ninja Turtles. I, no, not, not even. I know. I pulled the list of Nintendo's 1st games. That's the games.
2: for PS4, probably. But... Yeah. Um, PC. I don't
0: think
2: it's...
0: it's it? But, oh. but yeah, I pulled the I pulled the list of just the first-party games, which is... The third-party list is equally short, because there's no Ninja Turtles, which means there's nothing. But, um, <laughs> no, but I pulled the list of first-party games that Nintendo put in their financial report. This is what they say is coming between now and next March. And just to give you an idea of how little there is. For Wii U, we are getting, in this year, get ready for this, guys, Tokyo Mirage Session Sharp FE in June. Oh, Mar and Sonic at the Rio Olympic Games in August. I uh, think, are these 82. games still doing good? No. The 3DS one kind of bombed mm. in terms of sales. Uh, but then again, the Olympics aren't until August, so it'll probably pick back up in terms of sales. So I'd say advertise it in tandem. Anyway, Paper Mario Color Splash this year, Zelda next year, and somehow Project Giant Robot TBD. That's it. That's all the Wii U getting are on flight. the radar? Apparently so. But yeah, so that's one, two, three, four and a half. I'll say four and a half, because uh, Giant Robot's never coming out. Four and a half games for Wii U is all they have planned. 3DS is a little better, but even then, we're getting, Gary get for this, Disney Art Academy next month, Kirby Planet Robobot next month, Dragon Quest Seven and Dragon Quest Eight in the fall, and Pokemon Sun and Moon. Oh, and uh, Metroid Prime Federation Force that's in August pretty on the beefy. Nike. I mean, Pokemon, that, Dragon Quest. That's not bad not, at all. Well, that's not first party, but... <clears throat> That's not bad, but for whatever reason, excuse me, by the way, they are not... Excuse Thank you. They are not um, showing any of that at E3. Perhaps even more perplexing is there are games missing from this list that we know are coming this year. Rhythm Heaven Megamix. Not on the list. Probably because it's an eShop-only game. My guess is this is only physical release. I
2: don't know why I, that did not even... Occur. I mean, for some reason... That's yes, why so I had pointed out. No, no, I expected
0: you to say it, but... No, no, yeah. no, no, not of a Rhythm Heaven. Oh. Just about the fact that...
2: Uh, I guess for whatever reason, when they said, like, oh, we're just going to focus on Zelda, my mind went to immediate one-track mind, like, all right, well, weird. there aren't that many Wii U games, so I guess that makes sense that that's, like, the only one, but yeah. I hadn't even, I had completely forgotten they actually showed 3DS stuff at E3, too. Yeah,
0: and none of it's there. Yeah, there's a lot of 3DS stuff they could have been it's showing. It's really weird. Huh. Like, even if, if they showed what everything I you know? just rattled off, they what would I mean, have enough games to conquer my theory that three games looks pathetic, because that's, like, ten. Well, I mean, Capcom <laughs> will have Monster Hunter. Yeah, and Nat, uh, Natsume's gonna have some games for 3DS as well, so there'll be stuff to go look at, but it Do you, won't be... They
1: have third-party homies. What? They have third-party Yeah, party that's what homies. I'm saying.
0: Natsume has a few. Capcom has a few. <laughs> so there's stuff. There's just less stuff. But, but yeah, the, the thing I don't get is, so Mega Mix isn't on the list for this because it's an eShop game, but that's coming this year. So why is that non-E3 candidate? And also, uh, Kimishima, Nintendo's president, Takashi Kimishima, or that's not his first name. Is that his first name? I'm blanking out his first name. What is the current president's first name? Um, I don't know. I feel like I know this. This is going to drive not me crazy. Iwata. No. Not anymore. That's fine. I'm right. You, you are correct. Uh, <laughs> wow, this is driving me crazy. What is his name? Well, anyway, Kimishima. That sounds right. It's his last name. Yeah. Oh. I don't remember his first name. Anyway, their president, Kimishima, um, no. was saying in the financial briefing they have unannounced First-party 3DS games coming this year. You know what's a great place to announce unannounced first-party games? E3. Yeah. So where is it? Why are they They're not?
1: unannounced. He specifically said that.
0: What? Well, well, yeah. But I mean, why is it not going to be? You're very helpful. Thank you. It's a good thing he's here. Uh, no, but it's just like, I don't understand why. Like, Wii U, I get. We talked about earlier. There's only 800,000 more of them they expect to sell this coming year. They have no new games to announce. Their financial briefing, they normally have a section where they're like, Hey, and for Wii U, here's how we're gonna improve sales this year. Literally, all they said this year was for Wii U, it's not gonna sell. That's it. We're done. So, so it's just like what? I mean? get why that's not there, but I knows this, this whole lineup is just very, very strange to me. So, oh, for comparison, the Wii U, eight hundred thousand this year, three point four million is what they thought they'd sell last year. So that's a huge drop.
1: That's
0: literally like, oh, what. We might sell what's on the shelves. That's it. They're not... Oh, sorry. That's not even sell-through. That's shipping. Like, they're planning to ship 800,000. They're basically like, we have this many in our warehouse. Can someone please, stop, <laughs> please take them? <laughs> like, they're... It's done. It's like nails in the coffin. It's over. But... It had a... It it had, had a good... It had a, it had a run. Yeah. No, I enjoyed the Wii U. We talked... Um, I feel like we had this conversation few episodes ago. But yeah, it had good games. It just the the core mechanic didn't catch on as much as Nintendo You
2: know bunch. what? It, it had a yeah it had a good mostly because it, it honestly feels like they cut it right when it was at it's peak cause we had it had like a had a had a pretty decent beginning then all of a sudden like oh Mario Kart Smash yeah. Brothers Splatoon. Splatoon and then it's like oh Mario oh, Maker Mario Maker and, like, oh, and now it's over Like they yeah. just like cut it right when we got cause they it. were
0: waiting to whisk in the NX at that peak to yeah. like, have everyone shift over and then you know, because all those games, all those ones you just route off are the whole games of services, that yeah, we talked about previously, and it would... Have I know, and now 10. we're just going to get an unnecessarily long drought. Yeah, basically. Like, really long. Like, a full year. I mean, not fully. We, I route off 10 games, but how many of those are we buying? 10-month drought. Pretty much. But Jeez. the the good news is third parties are sort of stepping up. There's a couple notable ones that were announced recently to kind of help us in this weird limbo. Monthrunners should have drought. honestly have, I will share in a moment. They
2: should have just released another Wii U
0: port... Yeah, they should have. They nope. still could, but yeah. I mean, they man not said E3. That's the thing; it's third party still could keep. The I mean, flow. I'm happy that Monster Hunter is still
2: coming out, but at the same time, it's like I kind of want it to be a, a console game again. Yeah, at least the core
0: games. But. Well, you never know. I mean, E3 still, like I said, has potential to have. I nah, like it portable. Well, I do think the option for both? Because well, like, because <laughs> yeah. like, when I'm at home, like
2: I definitely love playing on the. On the Wii U, like Monster Hunter yeah. Three
0: versus playing Monster Hunter Four. I mean, it's cool that it's portable, but yeah, it just, um, my guess the game is so. the GameCube one did not sell well enough to do another GameCube one, but GameCube the three was or wow, the Wii U, wow, was...
2: Wii U, where, where seeing... did
0: GameCube come from?
2: <laughs> I mean, there were <laughs> the praises of that game, apparently. What?
0: I mean, oh seeing... yeah, 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 people liked it. It just didn't sell as well as the handheld one. So for Capcom, no, financially, no. handhelds well, they
2: go. maybe with whatever the NX is, maybe they'll do a fusion of. Something else. yeah, because
0: we still don't know the gimmick of NX, it's not a handheld, it's not a console. They're saying it's something else,
2: yeah. so maybe which kind of surprised me. Like the whole, um, I guess on, on one of the little slides in that investor meeting or whatever, it uh-huh. said, like, it's like, oh, based on the the potential demand of the NX, we expect to ship this many or something like that. They
0: were somewhat conservative with that. I think it was, with well, like, well, it was, I don't know, it was know. not as much as I thought. Well, at I guess I, I, guess I was curious,
2: was. like. I don't know how they could pull that number yet.
0: Because, I mean, they, people are like... Still they have know. analysts that somehow track these it's things, like, but I don't know people either. People are
2: demanding to know what it is. Like, we, I mean, we don't even know. I mean, Yeah, we don't even know if it's a good idea. Yeah, like, it's not even a... I mean, I'm definitely in that point where I don't even know if it's, like, a guaranteed sell for me no matter... Because, I mean, the Wii U was definitely like, I'm going to buy it no matter what it is. Right. But the and NX... not like
1: that for the NX?
2: Not as much anymore. It's like, I don't know. He's growing up. Right, if I have our eyes. I mean, definitely. <laughs> it would have to be really bad for me not to want it, but He's being fiscally responsible, is mm-hmm. growing up, it yeah, does it's... help. But honestly, it does help that it's coming out in March. Like the odds of me buying it are yeah. have increased. Like, have given well, Nintendo more leeway f- to make something. I don't know. Questionable. <laughs> to make something super cool. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean now it's like oh okay like by that time I'm I'm willing to take a risk but if it was like this December it's like oh god yeah probably, yeah I, I'd probably just wait.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it. I think, I think it couldn't end up helping them more than hurting them. The 2017, just 2017 thing, not just for the reasons we were talking about earlier, but for exactly what you're saying. There are a lot of people that are like. Well, I have money in March, I don't during the holidays, and I'd rather get a PlayStation VR, or all these other games, or for other systems, <laughs> or something. Let me spend this money I don't have anyway, on all those Yeah, exactly. But but no, it's more because you're saying like you're going to drain a bunch of money with convention season, but then you get a bunch of it back by March, you're not the only one right. that, you know, the, most people are like that, so.
1: I don't know about most. Most
0: people say, I do uh, have 7 money
1: billion? Seven billion?
0: Yeah, awesome. Money. Yeah, they don't all they go all, to Comic-Con. They all go to Comic-Con. That's why it's so crowded. That's why you can't move around inside Comic-Con. And they all buy Nintendo products, which is why the Wii has always sold $12 Because <laughs> apparently... Most
1: gamers?
0: No, I I meant most people in terms of money spending habits, not mm, not in terms of buying. Don't even have money to spend. Well, I guess during the summer, they'll take <laughs> a trip somewhere. Man, he's just dropping hard truth left and right, this guy. <laughs> I don't... You are like our fact checker in real time. It's pretty good. It's like when there's a debate, like a presidential <laughs> debate, and they have to little like afterwards. They have like polyfacts, one of those sites, and like CNN I've never seen. A chat. Well, they do this thing where <laughs> in a debate, say whatever you want. So candidates lie, and then after the debate, they have all mm-hmm. this analysis of what were they lying about, what's true, what's false. You're doing that in real time. You're like fact checking 2.0. So for debates, I should only tune in on the polychecks. Uh, you should no, because usually it's the feistiness of the debate that's more entertaining than the actual facts
1: but you don't want the entertainment you want what our, how our country's gonna change
0: i know i know i'm the problem with america it's okay thank you if he forgives me i'm sure <laughs> 350 million will as well <laughs> but um yeah so to kind of rein this back in a little <laughs> uh i was gonna say that so we know what nintendo's coming out with this year which is not much but there are some third party games that are at least gonna they're kind of stepping up in terms of making more media experiences that will kind of hold us over. So I thought we talked about a few of the announcements from last. But if you mean us N- as in Nintendo yeah. Fix. not us personally, yeah. But I, I thought thinking. what?
1: I was thinking that personally.
0: Uh, well, I'm sorry. Well, I guess uh, we'll see how many of these are going to buy. Fans. Well, yeah, but the reason I'm bringing these up is because like this first one I wanted to mention, which is the new Shimaga no uh for Apocalypse. To us, we don't play very many of these, but to the person who bought a 3DS for the crazy onslaught awesome of JRPGs very this year... Very many. What?
2: Oh, no. I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to remember how many we played, like, between us.
0: I've played the Personas. A couple of those on, on PlayStation, but i never played Shimigali, Tensei. But anyway, my point is... You neither. All right. But my point <laughs> was... You for the
2: first 30 minutes <laughs> of the PSP one, and then I returned it.
0: Well... Well, this game's not for you, then. But the reason I bring it up... It wasn't bad. It was, the reason no. I bring it up is because Nintendo spent the last year 30 so, minutes, that's
1: enough for an impression.
0: What? <laughs> <laughs> what?
1: Is it 30 minutes, that's enough for an impression?
0: For an impression, yeah. I mean, demos we play at E3 and WonderCon and Comic-Con are 15 minutes, so yeah. But um, the reason I brought it up is because Nintendo for the past year has been like, cultivating this JRPG fan base on 3DS with Fire Emblem, with Bravely Default in 2nd, with the Dragon Quest... And this... With the dragon quest? Yeah, they're kind of... like Cosby. I, <laughs> and the pudding pops and the... Yeah, but with the dragons and the quests and the <laughs> Man's. But no, they, um... They, <laughs> you have to go full Cosby. <laughs> there is no such thing as a so half Trigger. Cosby. There's no half Cosby. It's, co- it's 100% or 0%. You can't be no Cosby. You have to
1: imitate him. No, you
0: see, Cosby... He's not He's you don't not to a to go knob. Fool, Cosby. Not, you're right, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> But Cosby, Cosby is not a knob that has, like, a... It's not like one of those lights you can fade in and out. It's either on or off, so... But, um, but not fully on. It's not that on. But, um, yeah, so the, the reason I thought this was we're mentioning is because they have this audience for the game, and it is, like, Shenmue Gone Intensive 4 did well on 3DS before, and this is the sequel, so... There's one game that's probably going to do well, because it's basically... It's a direct sequel to the last 3DS one, but you don't actually need to have played that one you play this one. So it's, you know, similar combat system, new stuff. Uh, you're basically, apparently, some some deity brought you back to life and you now have to repay him by doing his tasks and chores and whatnot, so that's kind of the premise of the game. But um, it's strategic to release it this summer because Tokyo Mirage Sessions comes out this summer. So Atlas is basically yeah, catering to of- two different crowds here because they got the JRPG people, and then they got whoever buys Tokyo Mirage Session, they might double-dip and get the game that inspired it, so or that crosses over with it. So, I mean, I never have played Shimgami Tensei, only Persona. Mm. But, but, you think perhaps, would... perhaps if there's literally nothing else from Nintendo this year, maybe this is the moment where I go, how similar Shimgami to Persona, and I check this one out, I don't know, but it, at least it's there. I mean, I heard they're not similar i think the combat systems are different but the core concept of the split between the real world and the this demon world is where they share alliances it's like i think almost rpgs i'm sure <laughs> they well no they don't all have a demon world and a real what no like persona at least you're like a school oh, kid, well, I mean just and like, then you like somehow like open a door and boom it's like narnia except evil and then uh it said jesus figures it's demonic figures well i meant more like no jesus line i meant more like like, oh it's a human world oh but there's also monsters in it but it's not that (laughs) it's like two worlds that somehow bash into each other it's not like pokemon where it's like a world with monsters it's a world and then a monster world point being (laughs) point being persona's fun so i don't know and i'm sure someone is listening to this and like you know nothing about persona and i'm gonna write you an angry letter and i encourage you to do so person because i know i don't know what i'm talking about fully but the point is The point is that... Um, about those franchises. Yeah. Not yeah.
1: you every time. What? No, about those franchises. Not you, not knowing what you're talking about all the time.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you're insulting me or not. I can't tell. I know, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I was kidding. Um, I was insulting Persona. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No one knows about the games, period. Yeah, no one can get it. I get it. Uh, let me explain that joke a little better. <laughs> all the humor. Suck it right out. But um, You are the sucker. I am not. I am not. Anyway, uh, yeah, so the point is this is a pretty big release for Nintendo get at a time that they need it. So that, that's a plus. And it also, to go on a tangent that's not about sucking, um, <laughs> Token Mirage Sessions, It it's kind of a sister game to this. It's probably worth mentioning just really quickly that... Um, What's the brother? What? What's the brother game? Token Mirage Sessions.
1: No, it's a sister game. But there is no brother <laughs> game. There is no brother it, game. It's
2: a term like that every user is like, oh, this is the brother, because I mean, there's always, we always hear the sister...
1: Well, what about the brother?
2: Yeah, like is, is that
0: a thing? You yeah. know what? The English language is sexist <laughs> against men that are siblings. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I never really thought of it. No, a honest so question. Is, it's to think it's about. a very good thing to think about. Yeah, to ponder it a lot tonight.
2: Would we be wrong if we start saying the brother the brother the, game?
0: I mean, sister, I feel like it would have some. I don't know.
2: I mean, obviously, saying sister game sounds right just because because that's the term. Yeah, because that's the. Term. I don't
0: know. It's weird, but but my point was. Tokyo Mirage Sessions Atlas is pulling Double Duty here. They're the ones handling localization for Tokyo <laughs> Mirage Sessions, which is unusual because normally, if Nintendo is publishing a game, either they translate it or they they contract out to like a translation company, like Eight Four or one of those guys who help with Fire Emblem. So it's odd that Atlas is doing it, and it kind of makes me wonder if. Um, if Nintendo's like, well, we got a lot of flack for our recent localization stuff, like Xenoblade and and uh, Fire Emblem and whatnot. So why don't we let Atlas do it? They have a better reputation about localization. And even if we do force them to, uh, you know, raise char- raise character ages from 17 to 18, replace bikinis with full clothing, all things are all these things are actually happening. But if Atlas does it, everyone's gonna be like, whatever. Maybe that's the strategy here. I don't think people are like, whatever. There has been a bit of. Backlash or even skipping an entire DLC pack, which puts everyone in bikinis. Mm-hmm. Not in America though, so I'm mm-hmm. sorry guys. Yeah, Didn't that also it's... happen in Fire Emblem? Yeah. Or are you talking about Fire Emblem? No, no, no. This is Tokyo Mirage oh. sessions. But but the point is, um Yeah, I wonder if this is Nintendo trying to dodge a bullet a bit. And maybe hope to salvage some sales mm-hmm. from the everyone that may boycott something like that, which to me personally I think is a little bit much, but we won't get too into that. Um mm-hmm. like to boycott it, I mean, it's just kinda Yeah, like I get, people want the creator's vision. Did you hear about that
1: boycotting Hollywood in Detroit? Like a couple weeks ago. What?
0: (laughs) What are you talking about?
1: That companies or people were boycotting Hollywood, or to not film in Detroit, or no, cities were, states were boycotting Hollywood
0: because they wanted to film in Detroit
1: or something like that. What? It was a boycott on Hollywood. Okay. Uh, I would assume you would have heard about it. I have not.
0: I know that Verizon workers on the East Coast are on strike right now. Hmm. I haven't heard anything about the world. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you just know Nintendo. So, since Atlas is localizing it, does that also mean they're bringing a collected Edition? Because they usually always do one for every single game they Funny you
0: should ask. I think they actually are. Um, yeah, I believe so. They're doing... I want to say it's like 80 bucks? But it comes with, like, stuff. It's like an... Whoa. No. <laughs> <No. laughs> like, you guys, you guys. Slow down, like Atlas. Here's, here's token Mirage session. Sharp F.E. Duff edition. It comes no, with things. It comes, things. With, it comes <laughs> with, like, there's an art book, there's a soundtrack, there's, the soundtrack? I think there's, like, stickers, which is my favorite, because it's so random. Uh, there's, uh... I think Mario came uh, with
1: stickers. I think there's a... St- because the it's a statue? I don't know. I just feel like... No, not
0: a statue. Oh, cards. It comes with, like, cards. Like, car- either character car- card song card. I think they're cards that represent the different songs in the game. Okay. But, yeah, all that for 80 bucks, which actually isn't that bad no, i mean it's soundtrack and art for the course, but yeah. yeah but so people that do want the game you have more motivation to get it and i'll be honest i had like a when i first saw this and i think about it i did have like a twinge of like oh maybe i should get it. it's a nintendo special edition doesn't come out often and i was like wait but i didn't get xenoblade why would i why would i cave now
1: yeah
0: but it, it, there was a moment there where i'm like oh
1: i appreciate your honesty
0: thank you thank you that's what that's what we're here for on the <gasps> podcast honesty and your fact checking yeah yeah but but yeah, so that is a thing that's happening here, right? But but we, we digress. We digress. Um, the reason I brought up Tokyo is because of Shinigami Tensei, and Shinigami Tensei isn't actually the only niche Japanese series that's not coming to 3DS to show there's a little more third-party support. There's also a new uh, River City Ransom game coming, which I don't know if you guys ever played River not City River Rampage. Not River City Rampage? Well, River City Rampage is part of the River City Ransom franchise, I believe. Is there even a game called River City Rampage? I, I was that, ran some, and what, then what, spin
1: Pixel game that I hate, the
0: one where you're punching and kicking. Left, left. No, right. no, he's talking about the. the oh one, no, you're talking about Retro City Rampage. No, they're making a sequel of that said. is it River City, the one where it's like guy, it's like a side scroller. Yeah, yeah, but it's apparently turning 30 this year. Which yeah, really I remember the NES game. Yeah, I don't that's the one I used to play. Like when I was a little kid, this daycare had an NES. That I went to and I another like really low, and oh, oh, adorable. And they. uh yeah, they had River City. So I, I actually played a lot of it, so it's kind of crazy that like here's the 30th anniversary. But this new one is called Tokyo Rumble, and it is by Natsume, and they will be at showing it at E3. So there's game number two for me to check out in June. Uh, Zelda and River City, that's what's up. But uh, yeah, it's gotta be true to the original game because River City's weird in that it has a bunch of spinoffs. They have a dodgeball one, they have a soccer one, they have like just random games with these characters. But this one is the side-scroller, you go and beat people up, you level up, you get new items, that sort of things. you get new jobs. But they did throw in a dodgeball mode, and there is a multiplayer fighting mode. So, kind of like Shin Megami say it's not necessarily the biggest grab in terms of mainstream appeal for 3DS, but it does kind of help to flesh out the library that is very minimal this year. Especially for a person who owns Wii U and 3DS, you're not going to have enough to keep you occupied on both, so if there's at least a little more on one than the other, it could give you something to do. So, so I'm kind of looking forward to this. I do want to try it at least because, um, I did like the original as a kid. So, so that's just me personally, but you guys never played it? Mm-mm. It's um, actually really fun in a very, like, simple, like, just not full-on button mashing way.
2: Well, I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't think I've played very many NES games. Like, um, yeah, I always played them because I did care. I never owned no, yeah, them. No, yeah, same thing. Like The only access we had to an NES was a cousin's house that we visited like maybe once a month uh-huh. or longer. But, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I was very picky when it came to beat-em-ups. I think the only one I really gave a fair chance to was the Ninja Turtle ones. And that's just because it is Ninja
0: Turtles. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, yeah, so those are a couple newer announcements of stuff coming through, yes, but there's, of course, other things. I mean, you guys mentioned Monster Hunter. There's Monster Hunter Generations is already confirmed for the U.S. They have the Monster Hunter spin-off. This story one? They said at some point it was coming stateside. I, they have not announced anything beyond that. But that's something else. There's also the new Sonic Boom, Fire and Ice, which I don't Man. think is going to be very good, necessarily. Has, what, it's supposed to be out a long last time fall. Now it's coming out this fall. I don't know what that <laughs> means. And also, on top of that... um there's all the eShop stuff that's bound to happen. They have uh, Pocket Jockey or whatever, that horse racing solitary, ki- solitary game. That comes out this Thursday on the eShop from Nintendo. Have you played the demo? So I have not yet, but I will, and we will talk about it next episode, I guess. But um, have you? No, but I want to. All right, so we'll talk about it next episode. But yeah, um, <clears throat> I have Point, Yeah, now you have to. <laughs> <laughs> Point being, um, for 3DS folk, 2016 isn't really all that bad so if the fans are covered in terms of games, at least a little more so than an, you know, half an hour ago when we were saying what's their play. Now we know there is stuff to play. Well, on three DS. On three DS. <laughs> but yeah, so if fans are covered at least in that regard, even if it's a bit lighter than in the past, that kind of leaves the question of what's Nintendo doing. Because if they only have a few games, they're only generating a little bit of revenue. You know, they're not maximal they're not maximum revenue potential here. So that's where mobile games are coming in. During their financial briefing, uh, one of the only bits of happy happy news that came out of the financial briefing is that uh, Nintendo is planning to offer mobile games based on Fire Emblem and Animal Crossing both yeah, this so fall. This could be cool. Full-fledged games. Yes, or well, games that are somehow I more guess you game-y could than... you could
1: argue any finished game is a full fledged game. Yeah,
0: but it's it's interesting because you raised a good point that like Mitomo is not a traditional game in any sense, and I could see finding working the, nicely on yeah, you know? it could work really nice, and in because it's already. There's actually Animal Crossing
2: game, scares me on on mobile?
0: Well, it's not gonna. It's interesting because Kimishima during their financial briefing was kind of. Talking in code about the like he sort of was like Dang, yeah. was he like clicking it <laughs> <laughs> he, he he broke out a Morse code thing and just like beep 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 and told it that way no uh it was like. It's weird because he's saying things without saying things, but there's just enough to latch on to that you can kind of get a sense of what he meant. So, like, he... he for for example... <laughs> there were one... There one, there one <laughs> yeah, he talked in binary. <laughs> he went full robot. <laughs> it is a strictly shouting binary. But no, like, what I mean is, like, in the briefing, he primarily was saying, like, why did they pick these games? But in between, that, he's like, yeah, these are more game-like experiences. They use, like, these, like, very, like, buzzy buzzwordy terms like oh animal crossing will be connected to the main game in some way while fire emblem will be more of like a full-fledged experience like things like that it's just like what so one's a game and one's an app like tomo like it's sorry it sort of made made it sound like fire emblem's gonna be like a lighter version of fire emblem and animal crossing will be some sort of companion app to the to a console you only crossing.
2: decorate your house there's no neighborhood and
0: you literally get to visit other friends' houses that you're friends with. They might be, I would guess it's something entirely different that then feeds back into the main game. But, but, what he did say is both of them are about getting more people onto my Nintendo and into the Nintendo ecosystem and they are doing specifically Fire Emblem and Animal Crossing because they have very little crossover. Fire Emblem's like a gamer's game, Animal Crossing's casual friendly, Fire Emblem's demographics are like 20-30 year old men, Animal Crossing's demographics are, oh wait, 20-30 year old men, but no, it's like, <laughs> it's, they are pretty split. Like the more casual folk and a lot of the more female uh, gamers are going to go towards Animal Crossing and then Fire Emblem will go more towards the core gamers, which means different experiences. So here's what he did actually elaborate on in terms of what they may be. So first there's Fire Emblem. Interestingly, I found this interesting, Kimishima revealed that Fire Emblem Fates is actually more popular in the U.S. than Japan. Fire Emblem has not only rebounded in the U.S., but is now a bigger franchise here than over there. Over
2: here... I had to think we got it way later.
0: Yeah, not only that, but it almost like flamed out like in like the Game Boy Advance period. They put them out really fast, and they just stopped selling. Yeah. Path of Radiance on GameCube, or Wii, or whichever one it was on, mm. just didn't sell. The Wii one just didn't sell. I don't know if that was Radiance or something else. Yeah, you're right. But, but yeah, they've sold over half a million copies since it came out in February. But the U.S. is actually selling at a quicker rate here and is now at a higher rate than in Japan. So because of this, and because of Awakening being like, no pun intended, the reawakening of Fire I mean, Emblem, they now consider it to be a major Nintendo franchise. Those are his words. It is now a major franchise for Nintendo. It's no longer the B tier.
2: I mean, it has to have been, like, the combination of just not having a Fire Emblem game in a long time and this one actually being good. Also,
0: Smash Bros. We can't describe Smash Bros. I introduced all those characters to the mainstream. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Smash
2: Bros. definitely killed... I mean, Smash Bros. is probably, like, what's keeping, like, the, the thirst for... Like, what's what game the just for Fire Emblem, for Star Fox, for F Zero? Just because, like, yeah. those characters are always so prevalent. Like, yeah. Yeah, especially Captain Falcon.
1: Wasn't, like, Captain Falcon on more Smash Bros games than F Zero or something like
0: that? I know, Sheik. That sounds sadly true. She- <laughs> well, Sheik, of course, is <laughs> oh, yeah. more, because Sheik's a one off thing from Ocarina. But yeah, I think Falcon, there's four Smash Bros. There are one, two, mm, there's like four or five F-Zeros if you count the hand. Uh, he might still be more F-Zeros by like one. Because there's an F-Zero on Super Nintendo, Game Boy Advance, N64, GameCube, and then two on GBA. So that's how many There's count. some on
1: Game Boy? Yeah.
0: Game Boy Advance and Maximum Velocity. Oh. Uh, and at long- oh, no, no, I miscounted. Not normal Game Boy. Sorry, I meant Game Boy Advance. Okay, let's restart. Uh, F-Zero Original on Super Nintendo, F-Zero X on N64, Maximum Velocity and GP Legend, the anime one on Game Boy Advance GX on GameCube so there are 5 and, and there are 4 in, himself comes on in all one. of them. Yeah. <clears throat> in fact so by what in, in, in F-Zero GP for Game Boy Advance which is really good by the way and it's on the virtual console so to do a little endorsement here hey everyone listening go download F-Zero GP Legend because it's really good and it is on virtual console uh, but yeah, that one He was more of a mentor role You didn't actually play as him You played as the main character From the anime And I
2: guess up until Zero came out Star Fox had the same number Of appearances Star Fox Yeah, because there was Super Nintendo and 64 And then two on GameCube
0: No, you forgot Game Boy Advance Or not Game Boy Advance Sorry, DS D- Command Oh,
2: Command, you're
0: right Yeah you're right And Adventure Oh, you said the two on GameCube, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I guess if
2: we don't count Adventure because it's not traditional Star Fox game.
0: But he's still in it. It's still Fox. Yeah. It's actually more character-driven than any of them. So he's more Fox <laughs> than he yeah. is in any other. But, uh... But yeah, so it's He far, is this Fox he, character. Yeah, we get to know the real Fox. His heart and soul and that wonky staff that he never used again. I'm just saying he had a staff that never used again. I really love that game, actually. Yeah, it was really cool. It was really cool. Like, it got a bad rap because it was basically rare I'm version afraid of Zelda. But it's really good.
1: I'm afraid to go back to it and have, like, Luigi Mansion syndrome.
0: But the original Luigi Mansion is still really good. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's nostalgia. Dude, it's nostalgia. Oh, nostalgia. But it was well, definitely well, nostalgia. Well, I mean, the no, game, yeah. no, 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 no. The you're, game itself could be really good. On, we're we're, we're really talking about the... You're worried about nostalgia, but Luigi Mansion doesn't have that issue. Dark Moon no, compartmentalized. It did. No, it did. Oh, graphically, yes. Yeah. I think my gameplay no. was. No. Graphically, you are 100% right yeah. Like, yeah. I want to go back to it. Like, I'm pretty Star sure Fox Adventure's Adventure's Adventure, day, it looks so good. cool. But it's, but it's a really not. good game anyway. But it did bring us Crystal, so Games. every game has its problem. Uh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't mind like Crystal. Crystal's fine, but let me tell you. Yeah. As, a former <laughs> Nintendo, like that, as a former Nintendo, <laughs> Crystal is I feel so like Crystal fine. did not take away or add... No. Oh. She did not take away or add to Adventure, but she has hurt... Like my if people, eyes...
2: If anything, people seem like they, they really just, wanted a
0: crystal and, like, everything subsequent. Yeah, and, and here's here's the issue. It's obsessive to the point... Of, I was a Nintendo moderator at the <laughs> Nintendo.com forums back in high school. Uh, you guys know this. Listeners may not. You always find a way to put it in every podcast. No, no, no. The reason I'm bringing it up, we were in charge of keeping the forums clean. There was a Star Fox section. If you go to said Star Fox section back in the day, about three out of ten threads, every <laughs> page was going to be way too sexualized fan art of crystal like way too sexualized like Clothing, optional. Like, it was, it was, so I had to go through so many of those and remove them and just be like, looking at all this ridiculous, I like, love my job. like, no, that's the thing I do not like. Even though they sent me a Game Boy Micro and I don't stuff, even have to go I to the No-No website. No-No website? Because you were in high school. I don't know which I, okay, yeah, I'm not, I'm not five in high school. That's a No-No website. No, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was an experience that has stuck with me and will continue to stick with me. And it makes me question everything involving Crystal, ever. But, but no, she's fine in the games. Like, as a mm. character, she's, she's a good character. But, yeah, she can on a command and a Yeah, and, she, and I have no issue with her in either. I was about to say fine again, but I have no issue. <laughs> I am cool with her being in the games. It's just when the fandom latched onto her in very physically driven ways, I was like, hmm, yeah, maybe not.
1: You mean, when you give them burst giving hips. The pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well.
0: Well. There's also that pose from Assault where she's like, you know, it's one where she's holding her gun next to her and she's like, she's leaning on one arm and has her legs crossed and is resting arm on her leg. It's very like
2: I model pose. Speaking it's, of poses, did you keep? Did you see that whole Overwatch thing?
0: Yeah, with the the tracer the,
2: character, the butt taunt
0: basically, or not the butt taunt, the, the butt pose, the cami yeah. pose, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the world we're in now for, for I mean... And it would have been funny if, like, they made that Poe like, the statue for the collected Edition. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. I mean, that would have stuck for the people who genuinely didn't like it, because they have a point. The gaming population is literally 50-50 now, so I, there's no real re- need to sexualize the female characters. Cause the that wasn't even the ones. issue.
1: It was just sexualizing that specific character.
0: Right yeah, Because she's one of the main characters Some of
1: the main her, characters are over-sexualized Because uh, her, like, her personality oh, is like, giggly that. and yeah, they're just, cute
2: Yeah, like what I was saying like, mm. yeah, One of the characters is supposed to be like yeah. this voluptuous like, victim well, yeah, character yeah, yeah. And this one's supposed to be just like a The normal girl well, I don't even know what Woman. she's supposed to be Just like yeah. a, People described her as like a, like a spunky, not sexy character
0: Right well, yeah, I kind of to what I was saying, and that, like, you don't need a sex thing. But they were, like...
2: But then people were like, but they still gave her those, like, really tight pants. But,
0: but you know what? <laughs> no, 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 Women no. wear tire pants and men. It's just what they wear. Like, that's not... doesn't necessarily have to equal sexiness, per se. Like, they don't have to turn it into a sex thing, but... Mm. That's a detour. What were we talking <laughs> about? Fire Emblem. That's what we are talking about. You know what game is not I don't sexy? Remember. Fire Emblem. <laughs> no, um... Actually, I take that back. There's all sorts of insects in Fire Emblem, so... No, but, um... <laughs> Yeah. This has <laughs> this gone There's enough controversy there. in Fire Emblem with. There sure is, with, with incest and, and uh, petting censorship people. and lava petting lava, people. Bro. Yeah. But the point is, I was trying to make a Fire Emblem initially before we got oh, on this a big crazy tenure. tangent about. It was through, Star, it was through Smash Bros. that got us on tangent. But going back. <laughs> it, was, it, was,
1: it was you saying uh, Crystal, Crystal yeah. was fine. I know. <laughs>
0: well, as a resistance, she's okay, yes. Um, <laughs> well, what I was trying to say is. Now, uh, Fire Emblem's a IP. Yay! <laughs> I don't even know where to go from here. No, but uh, there's, there is actually a game, because you were saying a little bit ago before this craziness, Angel, that you thought Fire Emblem actually worked well on smartphones. And I think you're right. There's a game, I don't know if you've seen it, it's called Warbids. Yeah. Do you have it? <laughs> no. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Nope. You liar. Hey, where's your fact checking? Check his facts. You want to check my facts? Check his facts. I, I laughed. His, his yell is clearly a... I trust him as a friend and fellow podcast host to assume he is telling me the truth at all times. Anyway, yeah, this game's called Warbits. It's literally Advanced Wars on your iPhone. It works very well, and I could see Fire Emblem, since it is catering to the more gamer crowd, and they're going after people who actually want to play a game, and they're calling it more of a game experience, I could see Fire Emblem basically being the Warbits idea, but Fire Emblem. Alternatively, they could go super out, like, super out of the field and do a totally different game that just exposes you to the characters. Another thing that crossed my mind is Hearthstone is popular in fact, you angel have an addiction to it, and uh yeah, no. it's now on public record and um oh, I unsold it after we compared it to cocaine for an hour, <laughs> but um anyway, no you uh Hearthstone's super popular regardless of your addiction that I hope you seek treatment for and um, <laughs> sorry, I can't resist um I could see them they made their own legends of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. card game. See, they, card games are the hot new thing and Fire Emblem in Japan has a card game called Fire Emblem Zero. I could see them making a digital version of that and then just introducing the characters to people and then they go buy the real games. Why didn't Nintendo just make a card game? We talked about the Smash Bros. Yeah, card I game know. idea. I think it'd be great. Yeah. That was back in December. For those of you who haven't listened, go back to our episode. Have December. Blizzard make it. <laughs> we, yeah, why not? But they're bigger with partnerships now. They love their partnerships. Yeah. They're really close with Activision who is Blizzard's partner or parent company. So,
2: But I feel like almost like they have so many like Popular Nintendo, because I mean, usually like the really big main characters are these like legendary cards that are like really hard to get. Yeah. But Nintendo has so many like really good characters, like oh, like Mario, Bowser. Like I feel like they'd all be like legendary
0: cards. Yeah, yeah. They'd, it'd be hard to pick and choose. Yeah. But yeah, so I can see Fire Emblem <laughs> going to be a common. See, that's why Fire Emblem might make more sense because yeah. they have a card game already made. They just throw yeah. it in. Then there's Animal <laughs> Crossing, Pokemon, okay, no, I was kidding. <laughs> Pokemon Train card game. Uh, they already have that. Yeah. yeah. On iOS. It's coming to iOS. Oh, you're right. It's, not, it's on iPad now, but I think they're doing iPhone soon. Um, but anyway, so that's, that's Fire Emblem. That's one half what Intel is doing for mobile. The other half is Animal Crossing, which we all know how big of a franchise that is now. Uh, I mean, the franchise, according to Intel's own numbers from this financial report they just put out, has actually um outsold Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer, the spin-off that's literally about just interior decorating, outsold Zelda Triforce Heroes by 3 to 1. Like, literally... 3.1 million copies 3 to 1 Yeah, 3 to 1 Yeah Like, yeah Like Triforce Heroes Oh, uh, yeah But, no, like Happy Home Designer 3.1 million copies Worldwide since launch Triforce Heroes 1.4 million copies Worldwide since launch They only came out A few weeks apart Like, that's crazy That Animal Crossing Is that massive now So, um, I have
2: said I should say, said like, Oh, I guess three times The link Doesn't mean better game Or something I don't know
0: Well, not better games, better sales Better sales Yeah yeah, you, you, well, I mean, you should the game workshop was, that one a bit well, more. If, if the <laughs> game was better, it would have sold more. It was good. It did get mixed reviews, but I liked it. It had its issues. And I mean, anyways, I'm not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. I mean, I'm not saying the game wrong. was bad either. You're not wrong I mean, you you could all. take a good game and make it better. You're right. Make it an right. amazing game. You're right. You're right. He's not doing good... Elvis, you're not doing your fact-checking. I was totally wrong about something, and then Angel had to do it. He's my backup. He's a co-host. He's my brother. That's true. Anyway, uh, so based on... Oh, we kind of already touched on that section, so I don't know if you can go back to it, but based yeah, on Kimishima's yeah. comment, it sounds like this Animal Crossing, given how popular a franchise is, doesn't have to be a full game. It's going to be some sort of companion thing. He kept calling it, quote, connected.
2: Like I said, it's going to be an extension. Like Happy Home Designer was there testing the waters of a, all right, we don't have to make a full Animal Crossing game. We could just take a part of Animal Crossing, go way in depth into that, and just yeah. see how people respond
0: and how do they respond. But what's 3.01 million copies sold is how they responded. So, well.
2: well <laughs> Alright, so there you go.
0: Triple Zelda's Triforce Heroes response. But so now
2: they're gonna focus strictly on the clothing and it'll just be... See, I can actually see that so happening. It'll be called Animal Crossing what,
0: Boutique. What's interesting... That's actually not bad. What's interesting is um, they said it's gonna connect to a full-fledged Animal Crossing game. It's gonna be a quote, new style of play that'll connect to a full-fledged Animal Crossing game. So, the thing that stuck out to me when seeing that is even if it is your boutique game, did they just stealth confirm Animal Crossing NX in the first year of NX or something? Yeah, they did. Oh, okay. Well, great. Well, <laughs> moving on. No, because what I was going to say is they it, it, it would make sense. They have the assets in HD already. Remember Animal Crossing Plaza on Wii U and how good that looked? And then Damn. Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival and how not as good that looked? <laughs> like, this would be those assets. And I bet you it was in development for Wii U and then got moved to NX, which fits Emily Rogers' rumor from earlier in the show. So, my guess is they might do that. Mm, as long as NX has a portable component, I can't see us getting into
2: Animal
1: Crossing.
0: In the same way, yeah. yeah. It's such a portable,
1: better game mm-hmm. than portable. Mm-hmm. But I'd say that uh, mobile one's gonna whew, it's gonna do really well.
0: Yeah, yeah, it probably will. But the... Um, <laughs> getting
1: out <of> here. Well, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Between Crystal being fine and Animal Crossing, oh, gosh. But,
0: yeah. um, no, but podcast. so I think... I think, <laughs> I think that... Uh, They maybe were hinting at that because I mean, I know the app comes out in 2016 and NX is 2017. But yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I I honestly think that that was kind of what he's linked to because I can't see them retrofitting either Happy Home Designer or New Leaf to work with a mobile app. They have to roll in my Nintendo integration, they have to figure out some way to transfer things. I don't think a casual. Too much work. Well, no, think about it. How many casual users, let's say it does hook into New Leaf, how many casual users are going to go? Oh, so I take this QR code from my Animal Crossing boutique app or whatever they end up oh, making, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I scan it with oh, my 3DS. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely yeah, too much work. It's, it is really too much work. So I think it must be NX they're talking about, cause unless they're coming out with another Animal Crossing for 3DS, which would be weird, because they've never done two-on-one system. Huh. But Either way, either way, I'm intrigued. That's Just to put an end cap on that. <laughs> um, but I think the biggest question about both these apps is what they will cost, and what, if any, in-app purchases See, I can converting see, bells, money into bells. See, I don't know, if, I yeah, Animal Crossing, I think might be free of play. Oh,
2: I feel like if you can take loan out loans, loans from. Oh, the loans you take out from Tom Nook will be real loans, and you actually have to pay them back monthly with real money.
0: That sounds awful. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but no, I think it it'd be like an intro to
0: loans for kids. That still sounds awful. <laughs> um, Damn, the parents will get mad parents get real mad but no i think like it's an issue <laughs> who's this tom look i'm paying a dollar oh
1: man you're right microtransactions for animal crossing everything so you, yeah. you can't just.
0: well that's gonna be i guarantee the nx version will do something like that like because they, they have in app purchasing turn off will now. cost
2: real money so you have to wait for the Ooh. right day to spend them oh, you don't no, want to overspend
0: not. they're oh. not good no they can't go too heavy on that cause it's not gonna work i think it depends on what the apps are fire emblem for sh- i feel like it's gonna be a paid app it's basically, my guess is it's going to be a game, a self-contained game, and, you and, pay and a m- buck or two, and you have in-app purchases for more. That, that one makes yeah. sense. Fishing and harvesting for food will be more important than ever. Animal Crossing. Unless,
1: in trees, only produce fruit, like, not every enough. 24 hours. No, see, or something they
2: can't like. do that. Unless, 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 gonna, unless they go the Minecraft route, and they're like, alright, you're going to have this shovel, but it breaks after a while. So you can farm and stuff, or you can farm for oh, fish God, and it, stuff it, as much no. as you want, but once your
0: fishing rod breaks, you need to buy a new one or wait until... That's how a lot of mobile apps do it. Like, if you play, like, Simpsons Tapped Out or any of those, like, Har- or like Farmville or any of those games, you can only do so much and then you have to wait, like, a two-day period or give us a buck right now and you can keep going. I hope they don't go that route. But the, the way I see... Well, people seem to, like, tap out. Yeah, but they try not to... But the money thing is, like, very... Yeah. Um, but the way I see it going is Fire Emblem is more of a real game, so I can see it being paid. But Animal Crossing, if it's a connected experience that ties in, dah, 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 I can see it almost being like Mitomo, where it's like more of a marketing tool than it is a self-contained game. And as such, perhaps it's free like Mitomo? Because, I mean, Mitomo, it's an interesting position there, because Mitomo does work for them as a marketing tool, but hasn't generated a ton of revenue. I mean, the game, the app, sorry, has over 10 million users. They've had over three million conversations. There have been over twenty million me photos taken, and not the ones that auto generates. Those are only ones that people manually are like. I'm making a me photo. Save. <laughs> there have been 20, That's what I say it in my head when I make one. They have twenty million of those. Yet, even with those numbers, the app's revenue is, as Kim Shin himself put it, according to a Wall Street Journal uh, journalist reporter on Twitter, quote, not too far from estimates published online. And those estimates published online, which I think we talked about last episode, are only a couple hundred thousand dollars per week. So this isn't exactly a money maker. So unless they do crazy in-app stuff in Animal Crossing like you're saying, I can't see them charging for it and I can't see them making a ton of money on uh, just in-app purchases, so I'm guessing it's going to become a marketing tool hmm. to get you to go... Because if it connects back, the idea ultimately is you want they want you to go buy Animal Crossing on NX, on 3DS, on Wii U, on whatever system it may live on. So... That's kind of my angle. And, I mean, the thing about Mitomo is that, like, they are actually making it into a successful marketing tool now. Like, when it first started, and we complained about this last episode, I think, um, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, it barely updates. There's nothing that really ties back to It's just kind of like, here it is. But now they're doing all this Splatoon stuff. Like, they just had a retweet thing, where if you retweet them 10 or uh, 20,000 times, like 10 or 20,000 people, everyone got Inkling hats. So everyone has boy-girl Inkling hats now in the game. They just rolled out a Mitomo themed uh, Mutomo drop or no a Splatoon themed (laughs) Mutomo drop sorry where it's a Mutomo themed (laughs) Mutomo drop what no but they (laughs) rolled out a Splatoon themed Mutomo drop where now you go into Mutomo drop it's not just the same thing it's literally decked out with Splatoon logos artwork there's Splatoon clothing you can buy like it's very everything in it's like Splatoon 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 do you know about Splatoon hey let me tell you about Splatoon there's this game called Splatoon like that approach is probably why Mutomo exists and they don't care that they I think they're thinking Badge Arcade Thing. Basically, basically. And I think...
2: that Badger Arcade takes the time to actually, like, describe the game to you, tell you how it works. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I'm Mattel- talking about the actual to... game. Yeah, I mean, not
0: like... But, 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 Matona's just supposed to be a very quick and easy thing you do every few minutes a day. Like so, yeah. Mm. So, um, Crystal's fine. So, um, <laughs> it's, yeah, I think it's supposed to be, they're not pushing it as heavy on you, but I can see Animal Crossing doing this and being free to play. Although, of course, that depends on what it is. If it's the boutique you were saying, perhaps... Perhaps there's a little less of the pushiness with marketing, who knows? But but yeah, so that's whatever they do, they're they're gonna be making money off these apps, I think. So that's or at least getting converted people to my Nintendo, which is their ultimate goal. So um that's one way Nintendo's gonna continue to make revenue in twenty sixteen. The other way that i they already seem to start to have started doing is to lean on older releases. So we're, seeing, um, we're starting to see them really milk their older games because it's pure profit. You don't have to put in development costs much in most cases. You just kind of pump out the game and there it is. And you're getting money that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise because you know, either a game got buried when it got launched by a bigger game. Or it's been a few years so there's new owners of the system that haven't played these games. There's easy ways to bring them back. So they're doing this in three ways. Nintendo selects, virtual console releases, and promotions like the Humble Bundle we're seeing all three already in action already doing well and i think we're going to see a lot more of all three of these going into you know through the end of the year so to start there's Nintendo selects which in europe have already been a really good way for Nintendo to introduce the whole evergreen title idea and have them continue to sell they've actually seen that regardless of seasonality regardless of if it's christmas or spring winter or like you know the dead of summer where there's no reason to buy these games sales are steadily going up across all the Nintendo Selects. They actually saw an uptick of over 700,000 copies sold wow. of all of them combined compared to... Well, that's 700,000 they didn't have otherwise. <laughs> yeah. That's the profit they wouldn't have had otherwise, so if they need money, because they do games. It It adds up. It adds up. And here in the... Well, to, to give you a better idea, here in the US, they launched Nintendo Selects in what, like March, right? So they had about a um, three, four week period where they could track them. And they saw sales in that 3 or 4 week period go up from 50,000 across those Nintendo Select tiles a year ago, before they were Selects, to over 200,000 this time. So that quadrupled. So it's definitely, like, it's working. It's an easy way for them to make money. And I suspect because it's working, Kimishima didn't outright say this, but I think we're going to see a lot more Nintendo Selects throughout the year. We're going to see a whole nother wave this fall, probably another this holiday. It's a super easy way for them to make money. Similarly, there's the Virtual Console, which Nintendo also can pull things from the archives and throw them on there for easy money uh case in point pokemon remember when pokemon came to the virtual console in february and it was a huge deal and everyone's like oh my god pokemon (laughs) well between red blue yellow and in japan green they have sold over 1.5 million downloads of those pokemon games which for the most part were just throw the rom on a 3ds and make multiplayer work so that's super easy money right there and i mean granted pokemon was like a special event is like a stunt release more than most virtual console games but if nintendo can do that again it's pretty easy for them to make a lot of money doing very little and i think we're about to see it again because there were rumors that mother 3 was finding an english translation and would be put up on the eShop as a virtual console title now's a great time nintendo you have no games <laughs> so do it but that's another way they can easily make money with very cheap investment because the game's built they just need to translate it or in the case of Pokemon, all I need to do is add multiplayer or trick it in thinking there's a game Link cable. So it's, if they do stuff like that, if they do games we've been wanting that just haven't been on Virtual Console, that's another nice way for them to make money. Um, lastly, there's the Humble Bundle. So this kind of goes like Virtual Console at least and Nintendo Switch, in my mind, where it's like they just take an older game that, again, may have been buried by the release of something newer or maybe an indie title that, you know, went smashed. Splatoon or Mario Maker came out, it happened to come out the same week and no one cared because no one knew about it because they're playing Splatoon. <coughs> now, they can do a Humble Bundle or something like the eShop Spring Sale and bring attention to these games that don't normally have attention and give everyone a ton of stuff to play for Humble cheap. Bundle
1: was actual games?
0: Yeah. Have you not seen this one? It's pretty impressive. I yeah, didn't well, yeah. have... Not one? Yeah, well, like, well, one no, no, I thought though. you
1: were speculating like they should make one with these Oh, no, no, no,
0: no. But I'm saying if they like do like... My point... Yeah, that sounded kind of weird. I never realized. But my point is like if they take these bundles or these sales and they say here's some real game, here's some real good games that you guys missed and now they're cheap and we're giving you a bunch of them at once they could keep people busy during the lull of the next 11 months. Yeah, this bundle is a pretty good deal
2: but the only reason I've even held out is because I have almost all of these but if I didn't have almost all
0: of these it would have been like whoa, I should have waited. It's insane. I'm glad I got it. So for a buck here for those who don't know about it it's going for another week at HumbleBundle.com it's called the Friends of Nintendo Bundle and for a buck, right off the bat, you get Retro City Rampage. That's Ooh. I know you don't like it. Affordable Space Adventures. I was hoping you'd say yay to counter his U, but okay. Yeah. Uh okay. <laughs> so you get Retro City Rampage, Affordable Space Adventures, and Shantae and the Pirates' Curse on both Wii U and Three D S, all for only a dollar. If you're willing to pay more than the average, which as of when we wrote recorded this, is about nine seventy seven, nine seventy eight. Uh, you'll unlock Freedom Planet, Rhythm Thief, and The Emperor's Treasure, which is really... I like that game a lot. Mm-hmm. Citizens of Earth, Ooh. which is kind of... I paid of, for that, and, and I thought it was worth it. I paid or full what? retail. We paid full retail. We got Whatever. the retail call. It was 40 It then was it's $20 still worth the e-shop. It. Yeah, I agree. But, so you get those. You get um, Citizens of Earth, which is basically, like, Earthbound. But it's like, a, it's like if Earthbound had, like, a weird fan-made sequel that actually is supposed to be pretty good in its own right. That's what that's supposed to be. And you get... Uh, retro city rampage dx home menu theme for the 3ds which is super random that that one doesn't make sense to me and then if you pay 13 dollars or more they throw in the full Mm -hmm. copy of darksiders 2 for wii u and street fighter 4 for 3ds (laughs) so it's just like it's a very weird collection of games in terms of like street fighter 4 that's from 2011 darksiders that's from the launch of the wii u but the point is it's nice one of the best fighters on the 3DS. Yes, yes there's, uh, the point is that. and there's I was much competition, say, but you yeah, can still a That's right? true. But not only that, but these are games that, for the most part, are pretty lengthy. Dark Stars is certainly long. Uh, Affordable Space Adventures has a whole has DLC has a really pack. good rep,
2: too.
0: Yeah. Uh, Shanta and Pirate's Curse is a pretty meaty game. And all this is so cheap, it's an easy way to get Nintendo fans to get hyped about old games without actually having to release new games. So I imagine they will be doing more mm-hmm. of this sort of thing. Um, and there's two more games coming this coming Tuesday in the bundle, so, yeah, I would say, the bundle alone, never mind Nintendo's strategy for making money, the bundle alone is super good, and I'd say it's worth it just for affordable space adventure and Rhythm Thief, the rest is just, like, icing on the cake. Um, and it's nice that Nintendo also learned from the last Humble Bundle, do you remember a year ago when they did this and everyone was mad because it's only North America and Europe, it's like, what, but we we get Humble Bundles? Well, this year they corrected that, so it's actually across both, which is kind of nice, um...
2: It is kind of nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's. I suspect we're going to see a lot more of this sort of thing from Nintendo. Because, like, kind of like what I was saying, there's a lot of stuff on the eShop, and it got buried... You know, they put out a press release every Thursday. It's like, oh, it's Nintendo Download Day. Here's like seven games. Maybe once every so often one of those games gets attention. Runbow, Shantae, that sort of thing. But through sales, through Humble Bundles, through similar things they could do throughout the year, they can easily... Make it look like they're beefing up the lineup of Wii U or 3DS without actually beefing up the lineup of Wii U or 3DS. Stuff that you would have a hard time finding can now be front and center and get attention, and people will play it and enjoy it and be kept busy until the next. And Nintendo's commission on all of it, like 30%. So, easy revenue, easy way to get you to play stuff while they don't have to actually develop anything for your current system. It's kind of trick. it's kind of sneaky, but it works. Mm. Like, I'm. I, that's what I want them to do if they have no real games. Like, do something like this.
2: Good move. Good
0: Yeah. And that's not to say Antonio's short money. Like, I'm, I'm being a little hard on them. They, they have money, but they seem to be making a lot of moves like these and something else I'm about to say to ensure that they get even more money sooner rather than later. And what I'm building up to right here is that like they what? are selling the Mariners. I don't know if you realize this. The Seattle Mariners Major League Baseball team was majority owned by Nintendo since 2013. Didn't know that. The backstory... You did? Yeah. Yes, the backstory... I think I remembered when... The news about when it was like... When that happened. Yeah, well, here's the backstory. In 1992, Nintendo's president at the time, uh, Yamauchi, Hiroshi Yamauchi, bought the team... Whoa, slow down. Bought the team... (laughs) Uh, No, I'm going to keep saying his name super fast. Uh, (laughs) No, but he bought the team in in 1992 because Nintendo America was... You know, that's their city. They're in Redmond, which is a suburb of Seattle. And he wanted to give back to Seattle... And so sort of like, "Hey, guys, we're part of your community. look' we're, rep- we're a Japanese company, but we're here in America. And up, we care. Up. And so he bought the team, personally, owned the team, He moved Nintendo executive at the time, Howard Lincoln, who was in charge of like the NES and a bunch of other stuff, over to the Mariners, and he became their CEO of the baseball team and has been there ever since. And then when he passed away, uh, Yamaguchi in 2013, Nintendo's like, "Well, we still have our former executive there." And it's kind of maybe a good move, so we'll keep them for a few years. Then Iwata passed away, and then Howard Lincoln just recently decided he's ready to retire. He's like seventy-six or something. So between all of that, Nintendo's like, well, now it's probably a great time to make one point four billion dollars while we have no games to release this year. So right now, what they're doing is they're going to sell their majority stake. They want to keep ten percent, and they're going to sell the rest of their percentage to the other owners. They, it's you know, all these teams are owned by like a conglomerate. Yeah. So they're going to do that. If the MLB approves, they'll make supposedly about $1.4 billion, like I said. And then they still have 10% if they want to do like special Nintendo days at the park or whatever. So it'll still be tied in, but they get to make some quick cash to presumably recoup uh, NX R&D costs and that sort of thing and help with revenue. Because they did make money this year, not to discredit them, but I'm sure they could use more money so because the thing is it was like untapped potential when they owned the mariners they did some stuff like back in the n64 era do you remember ken griffey jr baseball they made multiple games when they had the n64 sports line starring ken griffey jr who was a big player at the time who played of course for the mariners so there's like nice little synergy uh, synergy thing going on and they've also done stuff like they had you could go to mariners whatever stadium is that they play at at one point when the ds was in its heyday you could go to it By and DS? rent a free DS, oh. and on the DS was a special app hooked into like a special Nintendo Zone Wi-Fi network in the stadium that would have augmented information about what's going on on the field. So you could be sitting there, looking at the player stats on the three D on the uh, DS touchscreen and scrolling through stuff and ordering food from the touchscreen in the stadium. That sounds awesome. It was really cool, but and it was a pilot program they did it for the Mariners. But then it never... They ultimately, I think, want to expand it out, but people just didn't do it. So, like, that's a moment where it's like, Nintendo's ownership makes sense, but if they're not doing that. If all they're doing is sticking a logo on a special edition DS and selling it, or having a Mario day, if they're not doing, like, kangaroo baseball or, like, crazy pilot programs, it kind of makes sense that they would minimize their ownership. It kind of sounds like cash. the museum thing. It's very similar, yeah. It's a lot like the, uh, the Louvre thing, yeah. But... Yeah, so it's a smart business move. And I think, like I said, they use the cash. And I'm, re- I'm realizing I'm really making it so Nintendo is we strapped for cash right now. But to their credit, they did turn a profit this year. This past fiscal Mitomo? year. What? With Mitomo? No, just in general, with everything. They actually said, I mean, the Mitomo, like I was saying before, they only make a couple hundred thousand revenue every week off that thing, supposedly, which isn't a ton. So it's more... Would they make profit? It's more like untapped. It is profit, but it's more... They're, they're recouping server costs. They're recouping development costs, it's more of the marketing that opens opportunities for more profit down the road. But, they did make a profit this past fiscal year. Believe it or not, what we're about to get into is the impotence of everything we discussed today. All this news came out because their financial report came out, and in that financial report they said that they made a profit of $148 million, which is money, but it's 60% less money than they made a year ago. So, they made a profit, just a smaller profit. Um, on the 3DS side of things, it was kind of a quiet year. Their biggest hits were Happy Home Designer, which we previously talked about, selling about 3 million copies, and Pokemon Super Mystery Dungeon, that sold 1.2 million copies, neither of which are AAA in, that, you know, in terms of sales and definitely don't touch Smash Bros. a year prior. So that's at least part of the reason their profit was lower. Um, yet somehow, weirdly, Mario Kart 7 sold nearly 1.5 million, or over 1.5 million copies two years, three years after release. It sold more than Pokemon Super Mystery Dungeon, even though that was a new release. So, I guess the evergreen titles do work. But, but yeah, point being, um, due to the lack of like, new releases, uh, the full fiscal year's 3DS hardware sales were at 7.69 million. Games were at 48.52 million. Those were like half of what the DS did in its prime. Um, it brings lifetime 3DS sales to 58.85 million, which is not only a palindrome, but also a, a clear sign that 3DS momentum's slowing. Because I feel like we've been in the 50s range, like 50 million to 59 million for many of these fiscal reports. In the DS day, it would have blown through 50. It would be blowing through 60, 70, 80, 90, 100. So it's... 200? No, it never hit 200. It maxed at about uh, 120. Oh. But, uh, yeah, so... I th- Or no, no, DS maxed at like 140 maybe. Oh. But point being, um, it is much slower, and the cost of this sale, you know, this is why their profit's down. Uh, that said do do think they'll sell 5 million more 3DSs in this kind of quiet year, primarily because of Pokemon Sun and
1: Moon. That's quite the exact uh, guess.
0: Yeah, well, they're, they're estimates. They have analysts that do these things for a living, and then they sometimes miss them, and they sometimes make them. They missed their Wii U original estimate, and they had to lower it by a large margin um, to what they currently have. And but, the
1: but, analysts get chewed up for that?
0: Uh-huh. Poor guys. And investors get upset because Nintendo's like, hey, we're confident we're going to sell... I don't they know, like, like to 3DS, they said they were going to sell over 8 million at the start of this fiscal year. So March, a year ago, they said this year, with the games we had planned, we plan to sell 8 million 3DSs. And then in like January, they had to lower it to like 6 or 7 or whatever it came in as, because they realized, nope, that's not happening. That means their profits are dragged down. That means investors are unhappy, because that's less money they're making per share. So yeah, they want their analysts to be good. It's, or they look like fools. Exactly, Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so they're hoping to make 5 million, or sell 5 million 3S's this year off Pokemon Sun and Moon primarily, which is now officially confirmed as a holiday release this year. Previously, they just kept saying winter, now it's winter 2016, so November 21. Uh, let me look at a calendar. Just because I don't know what day is, if, is a Friday that week. Let's see. November. Will oh, Jason get it right? Oh, I will. I will. Yeah. Pokemon will probably come. Well, actually, maybe not, because Omega Ruby and Sapphire came out the second week of came November. Out in October, didn't they? What no. the that X and Y. No, that was X and Y. Oh no, Omega came out in October. X and Y came out in November. If it's their big holiday game and they have nothing else, I could see it coming out on the eighteenth of November. That's the final Friday before, uh, before Thanksgiving. But I could be wrong. Jason's jazztastic prediction. It was jazztastic. I was doing jazz hands while saying it. So, <laughs> but. Um, <sighs> Yeah, but yeah, so, I mean, between Pokemon this winter and whatever that secret game Kimishima said Nintendo's developing for 3DS that they won't be announcing at E3 because they're weird, uh, that should maybe help them hit 5 million, we'll see. Wii U's numbers are about as flat as you'd could as you expect. Um, the system managed to pass 12 million units sold over the last year, that's good. It's actually closer to 13 million now with 12.8 million specifically, but... Uh, given that they're only projecting that 800,000 units that we talked about earlier in the show, it's now officially safe to say I think the console is going to be Nintendo's weakest performer outside the Virtual Boy. I can't see it getting past 14-15 million lifetime sales. Like, for comparison, the GameCube's at something like 22 million lifetime. Mm. So it's it's like, yeah, it's the Wii U's officially their weakest console. Luckily for Nintendo, Ew. even with Wii U not doing well, software is doing okay. They didn't release. I mean, it. for
2: a, their weakest console, it's, it's still great. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, it's in the grand scheme of things, it's bad. But in terms of like, I mean, it wasn't virtual console. I mean, not virtual console. <laughs> virtual Boy bad. Yeah, not at all. In the grand yeah. scheme of things, it's okay. And their software is keeping them afloat. They didn't release hard numbers, but they said that Pokemon and Twilight Virtual did, Boy did better than Wii U. No, it did worse. Is what I said
1: so. It's not the worst.
0: I said worse outside of Virtual Boy. Rewind oh. the tape. No, but I did. <laughs> uh, but recent releases, or sorry to say, like pokin and Twilight Princess HD, they didn't give hard numbers, but they said that they helped software sales for this past winter quarter trend higher than they did a year ago. I looked at the chart. I couldn't tell the exact number, but it appears that all Wii U software combined from January till now was 1.8 million copies, which means mainly Pokin and uh, Twilight must have done a lot of that <laughs> they didn't give numbers but probably a lot of that the real software success story though of the past fiscal year is um mario maker and splatoon mario maker managed to sell 3.52 million units which is pretty good and most notably splatoon has sold 4.27 million units which if the frenzy in japan continues for splatoon where they're having like hologram concerts and everything regularly now i can see it topping the lifetime sales of smash bros very very soon smash is at 4.8 million on Wii U alone. 3DS no, is way higher on that Wii U it's at 4.8 million Splatoon's at 4.27 after Ray is going for a new IP that's insane that's gotta come yeah Smash. I mean outside of these tournaments
2: like it feels like Smash Brothers just like came to a complete stop after that last yep. DLC yep. but Splatoon I mean even if even if they did come to the stop right as far as content goes like,
0: it still feels like the yeah. ball is still rolling well cause they smartly have events I mean, in they have, Splatoon
2: they have um There's Blackfest they have paint roller lint they have, they have everything. I want one. They're the gonna roller 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 going to get roller rollers. Japan.
0: They have. They have. They put out a number where like a list of other things to buy when I go there. Yeah, that that'd be a good thing. Bring me back one, please. I actually want one. Under yes. roller? <laughs> a splatoon. And then label. bring me
1: back ivory.
0: Oh, when I went to Africa. Yeah. Because that's illegal. <laughs> 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 but I did bring you back. Oh, I didn't bring you anything. Malaria. <laughs> no, I didn't get malaria or Ebola or Zika. Zika's not even there yet. I am disease-free. Glad we got that on record. Yeah, what's anyway, the, I guess you uh, brought us stories. I brought you stories on <laughs> the return of my well, friendship. I guess I'll bring you stories on the return of our friendship. Hey, but I got you stuff at Nintendo World in New York, so I have an upper hand. Uh, anyway, no, but Splatoon's an interesting one because, like, you, yeah, they, I think the momentum's in part continued because the Splatfests are so huge. They were saying, Kimishin was saying in that report that, like, or in his uh, briefing, I can't remember the exact numbers, but something like over half of all Splatoon owners, keep in mind, games have been out for a year, Over half of all Splatoon owners are still playing the latest Splatfest, and the number keeps growing. Like, that's crazy engagement for a year after Splatoon was released. So yeah, Mm -hmm. there's definitely something going on, and it's been such a surprise success for Nintendo that they actually dedicate a whole chunk of their financial briefing just to discussing how they want to monetize Splatoon. And what they plan to do is continue hosting events, continue doing regular online and physical events, and lots of merchandise like the Link Rollers. And it seems <laughs> I mean he didn't say that by name, but he had a slide that just pictures of random. And they and have
2: the the umbrella thing that makes you look like a squid. Yeah, and they have the full
0: body suits that yeah, they just came out. Yeah, with. That was, yeah. yeah, but uh, and it's it's definitely working. Get you a full body suit of a Splatoon squid. I would totally maybe consider wearing that at Comic Con one day.
1: <laughs> but um,
0: but yeah, it's all working. Die I know. I don't really want, I don't want to do that at all. You're, that's a very good point. But, uh, yeah, it seems to be working. All the merchandise and all the stuff seems to be working. Because, like, if you look at Splatoon Amiibo alone in Japan, they're selling really well. Like, to date, Amiibo figures worldwide have sold 24.4... No, was 24.4 Squid Boy seven. the most popular, or one of the Splatoon... Squid what? Boy was. Yeah, no, Squid Girl was one of the most popular in Japan. No, it
1: the girl but, was one of the
0: Yeah, but it's, like, Amiibo as a whole have sold, tw- have sold 24.7 million figurines and 28.9 million cards, if you're curious. Of those... The majority of the sales are across a bunch of figurines, obviously, but they've seen here in the U.S. that's almost like the same ones keep surfacing. There's like Evergreen Amiibo now. Like there are Evergreen games that keep selling regards of seasonality. There are now Amiibo that are selling regards similar uh, seasonality. So Link, Pikachu, Princess Zelda in particular are all quite popular, and their sales keep climbing at the same rate for like a year now. But in Japan, what's interesting... Is Splatoon Amiibo are the ones I really taking off. Going back to my point about why, you know, how the merchandising is working. They have sold over a million of just Splatoon Amiibo. To be clear, that is a total of three Amiibo so far, and they mm-hmm. have sold over a million of them in Japan, which is a much smaller market than the U.S. So we may have Link, Pikachu, Princess Zelda constantly selling at the same rate, but we don't have a million Splatoon Amiibo blowing up. And perhaps because of that, they announced just like. Friday night, Saturday morning at, like, 2 a.m. our time, they announced that they are making a second wave of Splatoon Amiibo, and mm-hmm. it come out to, like, 8. The long rumored squid sister one. Yes, so we will be getting a two-pack here in the States with Cali and Marie.
2: What? Weren't leaked? Well, it was, like, leaked data. Yeah, 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 it was leaked that
0: they, they would exist in some form, but we didn't know what exactly it was. So we now know it's Callie and Marie, two-pack together. Um, All they do is unlock the Splatfest-style plaza, and you can pick a song for them to sing, and they sing it, including a brand new one. <laughs> uh, and they look super sparkly in the video. They're, like, super diva-y, except they're squids and they're figurines. But along with that, on the same day of July 8th, they're also rolling out, essentially, recolors of the Inkling Boys. they kids. Inkling Girls. They are squids and kids. Uh, they're Even squid the now. They're a kid now. They're a squid so- now. They're a kid now. What?
1: You and the singers are kids?
0: Oh, maybe not. I don't know. But the Inkling Boy is a kid. The Inkling Girl is a kid. And they both come in new colors also on July 8th. Along with an orange squid. So yeah. you can get Inkling Boy by himself, Inkling Girl by himself, or both with the orange squid in a 3 So
1: do you think they mate through squids? Or through kid kids?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> I think I don't want to have that. <laughs> squid, but, but but yeah, it's um it's interesting because in Japan, these are such an easy sell for Nintendo. They make so much money off these. And I feel like in the States, you know. Uh, you guys, I mean. wish that orange but,
2: squid was... Sustainable. Really? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Me too. But yeah, I'm not. Otherwise, what do you f- think
0: about these recards? Because you're a collector. Like, what's your take on all this?
2: Um, definitely like not getting stuff, them. I mean. Um, I'm I'm actually pretty good on um, not getting recolors. Like, our like Elvis and I are very picky about that. Like, there's so many. Like, I mean, you. I mean, you, you can see our room right now. Like, I can't. It looks like we buy Blessers like. Cannot. It <laughs> looks like we buy pretty much anything that has the word Ninja Turtles on it. But
0: we it's Not true. But we skipped
1: um. Your so, room says otherwise. <laughs> that is not... If you only buy act, the main action figures... I don't know, if you were to buy anything that said... It would look like Gilbert's room.
0: Gilbert is a friend of oh, ours. Although I'm getting to People that are listening are just, to you like, don't know. It's an exaggeration.
2: <laughs> but. No, no, yeah. like We skip on so many like versions of like, Ninja Turtle just because like, they're the three colors. There you nothing. go. Yeah. That's what he said
0: from the start. No, he says we buy anything that's like No, he so says so if you look around on. the room you may think we buy anything that looks Never mind. Like, yeah. That's what you get for... You're really bad at fact-checking right now. You peaked <laughs> with Crystal. <laughs> anyway. I know what I'm saying. Uh, anyway, but... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what the fuck? What the hell? Is- <laughs> that was just like... You just, you just like broke down. I just I know what I'm saying. Oh, uh, okay. Well, uh, we know
2: you do, but he didn't. That was the problem. Oh, uh, anyway. Um, That's podcast. It's This is a great podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, as far as those go, like... Yeah, we're definitely not going to get him. I would have only gotten right. maybe the orange squid if it was sold separately but
0: it's interesting to see Nintendo start to double down on recolors this is the first time they've just done straight up recolors they did the Rob? special de- uh oh trip that's so just a have, straight up recolors. you're right that's the first one I mean that's debatable because I guess the red Japan. one came out in Japan first and yeah this is the first like literally just we're doing new colors like what? gold and silver Mario were supposed to be special editions just this oh, is first time Mega Man. what about, Mega what Man what about classic, and Ma- classic and classic and Mario Oh, okay, those are the first ones.
2: You're so Rikos right. have been there first, but this is the one that feels the most like
0: Re- just- it, it
2: wasn't. well the other ones like they have explanations. Like, oh okay, one is like a modern Mario and a classic Mario. Yeah. Like there's kind of some justification for that, but these like these didn't have to exist like whatsoever. No, they I didn't. mean there's no special reason why you have to have a purple boy and a whatever the girl is now. There is and the it's money. No <laughs> all, I mean like, I know, I know. There's yeah. no real reason. For a o- fan o- Outside of just Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But it's smart Because like again Nintendo doesn't have A ton of revenue This year Yeah. So this Is a really easy way They are literally They don't have to Change the mold They just pour Different dyes Into the mold now And it works
1: Is it really the same mold?
0: Yeah It's the exact same figure They just change the colors well, uh, Only for uh, Inkling Boy Inkling Girls And Squid oh, yeah, Obviously Callie Marie Are new molds And actually look pretty cool But Are you going to get Cali Marie? Maybe I feel like I'm not, but I feel yeah. like I'll cave in July. On July 7th, i will be like, Just order, and it'll be in my house the next day. <laughs> Just because uh, <laughs> the,
2: the amiibo do look pretty cool. like They have like yeah. the little sparkly effects. And yeah, all that's the first I time mean, I've used
0: it actually look really cool. on an amiibo, I think. It's not like like Silver and Gold Mario kind of glisten, but they don't mm-hmm. sparkle. And this is for, I think these are the first ones that sparkle.
2: I mean, not only that, but it's also... The 3-pack doesn't click or bring any like, like, oh, alerts, like, oh, I've got to get these for to complete the Splatoon set, but... Yeah. The Catherine Marie ones, it's like all right. Well, the three pack and the with those, like I, I two pack, the two pack, it's like oh, right. like the wrapper, like I kind of want to get them and it <laughs> would just complete the set, like the Splatoon set, like the one of the features. right? Kind of right. like the Smash Bros. See, one. that
0: that's kind of my that's why I think I'm gonna cave is because I'm gonna be like I have three out of five, like, yeah. Like I'm I'm 99 sure I'm gonna get. It. I keep talking, about, I keep thinking I'm not gonna get, it, but I know I'm gonna get. It. Like I should just admit defeat and buy it. Just I should pre-order it right now, like live on the podcast. Are they even available for pre-order? No, they're not. Well, that could be a lie. I don't know, but. uh but yeah, so I guess the takeaway of this episode is um, platoon's amiibo, or Sparkly now, and Nintendo needs money and is doing a lot of things to get money, and we won't see the NX for a year. So great, great podcast, folks. Uh, we do have one more thing to talk about. That's just the news. But I did pick up Star Fox Zero, and the episode is and called you? "Let's Do a Barrel" or "Let's Do a Barrel." It's called "Do a Barrel." So let's talk about. Star Fox, because like there's no crystal lighted. in it so there is no crystal in it that i'm aware of but no reason to buy it see the game's polarizing for many reasons i feel like to say the least one is the lack of crystal mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but also there's the fact that like you and i for example you uh you being angel not you being elvis uh you and i have different definitions actually no elvis you sat with angel on this i think you guys have different defin- defini- different definition of what Star Fox should be like assault versus 64 it should it, only be assault, right? But that's my point. Like even online, there is that debate as well. But I think the most polarizing. I feel
1: like within in the more popular opinion the N sixty four, ones, one's
0: more popular, but there is a small vocal minority of people who are like, it's all about assault, and you guys are part of it. Uh, but and you say it in that voice too, which is weird because <laughs> you don't talk like that. But uh, no, I think the broader conversation online that about what's polarizing about zero though is whether the controls. It, it isn't even actually whether controls help or hinder. It's how much the controls hurt the game. So I feel like if I'm going to give pressure to Star Fox Zero, I need to kind of start with the controls. Because if the game is unplayable, it doesn't matter how good the content is, you're not going to be able to play the do I feel about that argument so, where
2: like, you know the controls are bad if someone has to start by explaining how the controls are? But going. it
0: did in Star Fox 64, so that doesn't count. I'm sorry, Internet. I've seen that <laughs> meme go around. That doesn't count. You start Star Fox 64 and Rob 64 is taking you to a polygonal space where it's like, this is how you turn, and then you turn. It's like, this is how you go through a ring, and then you go through a ring. They do the same in Zero. It's literally just in space instead of a polygonal, I don't know, holodeck. I know. I So, agree. yeah, I mean, so that if anything I this I'm
2: game, fine. just through reading, like, a bunch of reviews and just, like, personal experience of just, like, learning how to play a game. Yeah. Or, like, taking ten just to learn the game. Like, I don't know. I feel like that like, you lose a lot of, a lot of, um,
0: I don't think credibility, but just, like... Um, controls are the thing that matters. So if they, even if there's an inkling of, no, Splatoon pun intended, but even if there's an inkling of concern about them, that's gonna cause what we're seeing happen yeah. online, happen online. Uh, but and I mean, anyone who's listened to the last couple episodes, you know, to the last episode of the show or the WonderCon episode of the show, or like me talking about it for E3, we, you know, I feel the controls aren't too bad. At least when I was playing like the demo, and you do get used to them, but. What I came to realize in my time playing the full game is that the learning curve is actually steeper than it seems. And weirdly, it's not so much because of, like, the motion controls. That's fine. The aiming with the gamepad is fine. Where I got stuck... Yeah, that's literally how no, it. Yeah. Where I... For those who can't see, I'm pumping Punch. my fist in the air as if I'm hitting <laughs> a tiny little uh, boxing... What's it called? Punching bag. But, um, but yeah, the, the thing that, like, bothers me about the game is that... Um, it's the two simultaneous perspective. It's that dual screen thing. Like, the fact that you have to juggle the dual screens. And not even just you have to look at two places, but how the game handles that. Like, while you're playing on the on-rails levels, which is why this wasn't really an issue for me trying to because it's only Corneria, it's not a huge deal. You know you're going forward, you see an obstacle in front of you, and you subconsciously can go, okay, I have X seconds until I hit that obstacle. I'm going to go ahead and look at the gamepad now for more precise aiming. Great, I can look back and, oh, good, I didn't hit the thing in front of me because it's still in front of me. But, and that's why Corneria was fine. And you can also aim on the TV, I should mention. So there's a Recoil on TV, so you don't even need to look at the gamepad all the time when you're just flying straight ahead. However, it's the target mode, that new, it's like the all-range mode, except um, the TV showing the sweeping cinematic camera angles. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. So you're flying, and it's like, instead of seeing the ship going forward, you see like oh, here's a left side of the ship as it flies away from you. It's like, but what does that translate to? But yeah, that's where I find myself tripping up a bit because like it primarily happens because when the camera is uh, what's showing you all those cool angles, there's like, look at this sweeping vista of the, of the ship flying by. Um, you kind of lose your bearings of what's actually around you. Um, like I, in the Corneria demo I played, that wasn't really an issue because the stage was designed in a way that you can't lose your bearings in the middle is general pepper's tower in front of it is the ocean behind it are mountains and cityscapes like you can at any moment look at the tv even with the weird camera angles be like okay the mountains over there that means the tower's over here and kind of get your bearings where it gets weird is when you're doing something like when i did the first dogfight against star wolf which was in open space so it's just some ships flying around what star wolf comes on. it's yeah sorry uh, <laughs> no it's a known fact it's in all the trailers um so when you're doing the fight against Star, if you're in open space, there's like stars and ships and nothing else, and you don't really have like reference points. You just has a bunch of darkness with little you twinkles. You have in a there. radar. You know, I don't know. But even if you did, the point is you're flying, and your ship is showing you a different camera angle than your motion than the direction you're going in. So even like what happened to me is, um, you. To back up, how it works when you're in these target modes, especially Star Wolf. They don't fly directly in front of you. They are to your side. So you're flying, and TV's doing crazy camera angles, and you actually have to move the gamepad like well to... like Actually turn to your left, turn to your right, and shoot the ships over there. Occasionally, they'll go behind you, and you can somersault, and then they fly under you. But as soon as they do that, they're in front of you for a split second, and then they zip past you and, go, again, go to the side. So you are constantly using just the gamepad and tilting away from what you think is your forward motion in order to get Leon or whoever off on the side. And when you do that, and then try and kind of reposition yourself on what's in front of you, you don't really know anymore, because what's in front of you is not what the TV's showing, and what's in front of you on the gamepad is a very narrow view, so you're kind of like, well, what is in front of me? Like, at one point, I saw a gold ring, and I'm like, I need that ring, I'm sure on health, whatever. And then I did a somersault, shot Leon to my left, or Wolf, or one of them, Pigma, and then I didn't know where the gold ring one is anymore. Like, I just couldn't figure it out. Like, well, it was mm-hmm. definitely right beho- above and behind me. So if I spin back around... And it took out the U-turn, by the way. So you can't just do a flip over and go back. You're kind of, like, going in this weird, like, arc around the ring over and over. It could be above you. It could be below you. And you don't really have a good perspective. Because the TV's showing you a weird angle. And the gamepad's a limited view. And you're just kind of like, where am I at the moment? And that gets a little, a little frustrating. Because, like, sure... To address your radar point, Like really, they do have those icons. Like if Slippy needs help or if Peppy needs help, it does say, like, "Slippy's over here, go help him." But it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, really, doesn't really have, radar. it doesn't really have like, yeah, there's no real radar. I don't think it doesn't. It doesn't really have like, yeah, It just have little arrows pointing at right. where to go. And it doesn't have like a, um, hey, that gold ring's above you from a minute ago. So it's just like, where would the ring? I go? mean,
1: the Surface Sixty Four have a radar.
0: Yes, and the orange mode that did, I, Yes, so I don't did. see why we need a radar unless it was like a salt. But even if it did, no, it did have a radar in Sixty Four. And even in all-range mode, which is what this makes, but even if there's a radar, you still run into the issue of you're moving the gamepad left to shoot someone, your ship's going some other direction, but the TV's not showing you the ship's direction, it's showing you some weird side view. And that gets weird, because there'll be times where, like, because of where your ship, how your ship is angled, you're hitting left on the control stick, thinking you're going left, but then the ship turns right on the TV, and you're like, wait, so what's left, what's right, what's up, what's down? You're just kind of floating in space. So you do get used to it but it's just weird because like sometimes the ship on the TVs matched up with your perspective on the gamepad sometimes it's not and that can get disorienting like a better example might actually be on the landmaster level i did so if you played 64 which you both have played 64 right so the landmaster when you're on that desert planet and it's on rails and it becomes that giant worm thing at the end that you battle they kind of replicated that but spruced it up in some really cool ways in um zero so the on rail part i love like the landmaster is super fun like, I really like... One thing that I did super well with this game is every different vehicle you're in has the same basic control. So you have pitch and yawn with the different sticks. You have A button transforms to two different modes. So, like, you know, you're the R wing, then you're the walker. Or you're the landmaster, then you're, like, the flying landmaster, which is new. Um, like, that's really well done. But then, as soon as I got to the boss fight at the end of the stage, the giant sandworm thing, uh, it went into target mode, and then it got frustrating because, again actual practice of aiming moving the gamepad was fine i could aim at him and be like oh his glowing weak points over here i will tilt left okay but i was in a giant circle the sandpit thing is literally a circle and it's all just sand so it's doing these crazy camera angles of the the like landmaster and i'm going oh the, the enemy's to the left let me turn left so i hit left on the stick and then for some reason the the landmaster starts coming towards the screen and he's behind the screen like he's the other way and i'm like why is it what why is it coming towards me he's over there go that way so i have to hit right to make it go left and then it's just like in the heat of a big battle that's kind of confusing so weirdly it's not the motion controls that throw me off it's the idea that they have these two screens that are showing different perspectives and yet somehow you're supposed to know which control does both that's what's kind of weird And that's really my big beef with the game and granted the more i play it the less frequently i'm wrestling with this issue but it just felt like I feel like that boss battle was not with a boss. I felt like the battle was with the controls, and controls should never be an obstacle. They should always be as transparent as possible. So it was weird to have that experience. Like, I was literally fighting him. Like, I can beat him. I know I can beat him. But I'm fighting the controls so much. It it was a hindrance. But like I said, the more I play it, the more frequently I kind of got used to it. It's just kind of a shame that's a problem at all, because, like, some of the other dual-screen setup ideas they have are actually really cool. Like, I love the fact that the intercom for the characters, is strictly on the gamepad speakers. And they do it really cleverly, where one side of the gamepad, so one speaker is your allies, and the other speaker is your foes. And I don't know how they do it, but they use some sort of 3D sound tech where they basically are able to like shoot the sound up by your ear somehow. Like there's some They did it with the 3DS before, but basically it sounds like you're wearing an earpiece. So like when Peppy or someone's talking to you, it actually sounds like it's in your ear, not on the gamepad, which is super cool.
1: Makes it... A- the lives of deaf kids a lot easier to distinguish from good and evil. But well, if they're deaf, they can't hear anything. Fact I mean, checker. blind kids. <laughs> uh, they, they're blind. They can't play. Uh,
0: <laughs> wow, that joke. That joke just bombed. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and this is why you're only on one out of every four episodes. <laughs> because <laughs> you come up with jumps like this but no like this 3d sound thing was really cool like when i was playing I'm like this is like this feels futuristic like it was crazy i don't know if i was just holding it right but it sounded like it was in my ear but it was like way down below. star Fox the
2: <laughs> recommend
0: <laughs> recommend on sound no but that was really cool and then like the chatter is also really good because it's the old chatter it's the new chatter. they had all the old voice cast back they're very self-aware this time but not like meta like for example um you know they say things that are kind of like hint at and then there's this great one this is a bit of a spoiler there's a stage so skip about 10 seconds if you don't want to hear it there's a stage where you control peppy and every time you do a barrel he just goes barrel barrel so like that sounds, sort of stuff like the most annoying i, thing I know but i just love how they're acknowledging the barrel roll thing like it's it i found it funny but and they also brought back old characters like bill and cat which are cool because i haven't seen them since way back in the early start bill, bill and cat are two, yes exactly you all know they're Star Fox characters. That first the dog and a cat. Oh, I know the yeah. dog. Yeah, they're in 64, and they might be in command, but they it's cool to see them have a prominent role in Zero. Um, But yeah, another thing Nintendo's able to do that I like about the dual screens, I mean, the Aircom thing isn't really a dual screen, it's just a gamepad use, but the thing I like about dual screens is that new gyrocopter and his little robot minion guy, mm-hmm. uh, the direct eye, which kind of looks like a baby Rob, the robot from like the NES. But anyway, uh, oh. it's a cool, like, he, he, and he has a little oh, high-pitched voice. Dude. Yeah, he has a little high-pitched voice. But but anyway, it's a cool use of the gamepad because you have the gyro, ring, uh, gyro wing on the TV as you traverse, like, these secret bases doing these kind of, like, stealth missions almost. But then you lower and navigate the direct eye using strictly the gamepad. So, of course, you know, enemies or whatever could be coming at you or shooting at you on the TV, so it's a situation where you might have to have the little direct eye on his little leash go and press a switch inside a room inside like this tower that you're hovering next to meanwhile you're ju- you're making sure you don't get shot on the tv it's very reminiscent of game of wario's gamer mini game where you're nine volt playing G- like game boy Advance stuff and then your mom walks by and you have to manage like making sure your mom doesn't see you awake playing on the tv while also playing on the gamepad it's kind of like that so that i thought was cool and i actually i know online it's not very popular the stealth levels with the gyro wing but i actually do kind of like them it's the least Star Foxy thing in the package but it is pretty fun and because of the dual screen thing i just thought i thought it was cool but the rest of the game besides that is really just bigger badder better Star Fox, um 64 and i love that like the locations are familiar but they've done this but once you get past like corneria they've done this really cool job of redoing it to the point of barely recognizing it like the landmaster stage is familiar corneria is familiar but Platinum Games gave everything else this great sense of scale, and it, there's like new things that happen and new experiences. And, like, uh, sure, one complaint that I had early on is still true is the skies are sometimes a bit empty. Like, you're flying around, and you're like, oh, there's not very really much happening. But then they want keep the smooth 60 frames. It is, because they have different images on both screens at the same time. But they also they do a lot of scripted events, like either dialogue or actual moments, where it really feels like you're part of this bigger war, which is something that I feel like Assault kind of did, but 64 originally never did, where, like, you know, there'll be a huge ship battle where they're firing giant lasers back and forth. You're flying in the middle of it, taking out the individual bogeys or whatever, or be mo there'll be moments where it's just like, Oh, the reinforcements show up. So like you're going one-on-one with like Star, Star team or something. And then like, boom, all these other ships come in and start flying around because they're the reinforcements and some are on your side, like bill. And then some aren't. And it just makes it feel like you're part of something bigger where there's like this cornerian army that's like right behind you every step of the way. So I, I like that a lot. And like, even though, yes, as you point out, they have to run it at 60 frames on both screens, which means there's less happening, and the graphics aren't the best thing the Wii U ever had. I do think the game no. was good. I th- No? You're agreeing? or saying no, no, I'm, I'm wrong. No, I'm agreeing. Yeah, yeah, they're not. But I think for what it is, like the kind of retro throwback-y thing they're doing, I think it works very well. Like, I like the look of the game a lot. So, and the music's pretty good, too. So, the one thing that did kind of surprise me, this is my last thought, really, is that there's less on-rail segments than I kind of thought there would be. Mm, that's that's good. even better. Yeah, At least when going... To, yeah, that's why I, I'm saying it's mainly for you guys. That's It's interesting because I. Th- this is at least true when going down the primary path to Andros, like the primary main path which takes four to five hours. Um, going down that one, it was a lot less... There's still a lot of on-rails but it's less than I expected and it's... I mean, it's just interesting because it's a lot more of the target mode which everyone's like, why can't you use a pro controller? Here's why, folks. Because there's a lot of the target mode and it's a lot less of on rails. Is there a lot, lot of the bird, Falco? You
1: no, bird. the transformation of the. Airplane. Oh, there's some.
0: Well, that's what's interesting. The chicken wing? Yeah, you're talking or about the. Just a, yeah, the walker, or the just Walker. Messy? No, it's there because what's interesting is all Star Fox games do this, but particularly Zero, is branching paths. So yes, it's four or five hours to go to Andross the first time, and I've not unlocked every planet yet. But more planets you do, there's more. Or, well, what? Or will. You never know that. Don't, don't, Star Fox was one of the few games I usually beat all the way. But It's um, like
1: those internal analysts. They're very confident.
0: <laughs> but 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 with Star Fox, I do tend to beat them. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, the walker. So, yeah, how it works is like, it's there. You use it, like, in one level, you actually have to infiltrate a base as the walker, and it's honestly one of the weaker levels. Like, you go through it, you infiltrate the base as the walker. It's almost like, it's almost like the third person on foot missions of Assault. It's very reminiscent of it. But it just doesn't quite handle as well, because they use the same controls for all the vehicles so it does feel a little weird it's almost like a platformer it's it's bizarre but um but then once you beat the main path you unlock all the other path or you unlock the ability to go and do the find these other paths and then vehicle transformations start popping up anywhere you want them so you can be an arwing at any time hit a and turn into the walker and on corneria there's this alternate path you take with the walker on other planets the walker comes in handy they're on some, In some cases, you can actually take a vehicle you couldn't previously have used on that planet and now use it on that planet. So yeah, the walker, less so in the initial campaign, more so as you unlock more stuff, does become more of a critical thing and isn't just all hype to answer your question. And that's something that's very really nice about Zero is, I mean, Star Fox has always been like a... St- a score attack game essentially but they really went above and beyond to give it replayability with the fact that you take different vehicles to find different things or that um there's actually a vehicle you unlock at the very end i won't spoil it that because i read online i haven't done it myself but a whole new vehicle and there's also like uh medals to find on every stage and there's branching paths and you all get high scores and there's an arcade mode where you have to go from the first world all the way to andros at the end in one go and you get one high score for the entire thing so there's all these different approaches um, that really help to kind of beef up the game and make it feel more than just a four- to five-hour experience. So overall, as a, Star Fox, yes, as a Star Fox 64 fan, I'm extremely happy with Zero. Uh, or uh, I should say quite happy. Extremely is a little extreme, given the controls. Because the controls are frustrating at times. But for the most part, they work, and then the rest of the game is just 64 on steroids. You know, with extra things thrown in here and there, which, for good measure... Which I like. So, um, yeah, your enjoyment of the game I think will kinda of boil down to two things. If you like Star Fox sixty four structure and if you have the patience to get the hang of the controls, then yes, I think you're gonna like zero. Otherwise, you might wanna find a way to try it first. Because the one thing I think people shouldn't do is write off the game completely due to one of those two reasons. It's a sub so, you know, due to not liking sixty four, due to not feeling like the controls are gonna work. If you have hesitations, just find a way to play this game. somehow Maybe rent it or something and see if you like it. And then take the plunge. Because like, it's a really solid, really fun game. It's just not a perfect one. So it's a little rough around the edges, Worst but it's the a really price? good game. I think so. Especially because it comes with Star Fox Guard as well. Which I have not yet had a chance to play enough good impressions. We were saving those for next episode instead of this episode we originally planned. So stay tuned for that, folks. But yeah, no. its I mean, you get a fair amount of content. A lot of unlockables. A whole second game. I'd say it's worth the 60. I'm very happy with it, minus my control nitpicks. Which aren't, well, frustrations. They're bigger than nitpicks, but... Yeah. So that's kind of my take on, on Star Fox. Since we're talking about Star Fox, though, real quick, because I'm pretty sure you guys have seen it, too, we should probably mention um, that prequel that Nintendo did. They worked with uh, Production IG and WIT Studio to make a 15-minute-long basically Star Fox anime show prequel thing. I thought... Oh, it was, I, I thought it was The Battle Begins, yeah. I thought it was really well done. I liked it. Ooh, well done! well yeah I mean it was, the production values were way higher than I thought they would be they had they, it was like the perfect mix in my opinion of like Star Fox game references and like new stuff like the I, like the scene where they're running down the hall to go to the ship it's like, oh had, my god it's like 64 it's so great it's like they had one more step for
1: like finishing it in post but oh you like, think it was a little too choppy a little bit yeah what do you think but Maybe it was a yeah, fine I mean it was a cool little thing um, and I'm pretty sure they throw it off as an art style oh yeah um,
2: yeah Like, yeah. I mean like it looked like they worked with the time that they had, and they and they and they did something that <laughs> was.
0: one that liked it. <laughs> and they did something pretty good. So I'm the only one that liked it.
2: I mean, I, the only part that that I kind of liked was um when Fockle was losing at that game, and then Slippy's face came out as the game over screen.
0: Oh yeah, that's really good. Wait, did that happen? I don't remember yeah.
2: that Fockle was playing some
1: game. Oh, yeah, yeah. And people were like, "Oh, that the NX?" And then um. Oh yeah. yeah. And then Slippy's face came out. He's like, bleh
0: Right, right. That's right. Um, they
1: had cool, they had that one song playing while, Falco was playing his game. I forgot what it's called. Oh, Star Fox. Um,
2: the the Corneria, the, Corneria the The Super Nintendo one. Yeah, the original. But it was, it was enjoyable. Yeah,
0: I liked. It. I thought it was such a good amount. Like the well, of fans, com- service. And well, I,
2: I'm just comparing it to like, their other ventures, and it was like com- the Kid Icarus ones. Well, like Kid Icarus, Pikmin. Mm. Like it was kind of like somewhere between them. Yeah, I
0: was about to say it was not Pikmin level. Because those were actually, like, made uh, for movie theaters. It was, like...
2: And then compared to the CG yeah. Kid Icarus one, it was probably, like... Oh, I don't know. It, it, it's, like, about the same. Maybe not.
0: I guess I'm oh, man that. Maybe I'm just a Star Fox fan. Well, boy, I, 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 which I, I,
2: almost discredits my whole review. Well, I just gave it zero. Well, which, your description, I, honestly, I think, like, answers that perfectly. I think a lot of it is nostalgia.
0: What
2: about nostalgia? Fan service. Fan There's service? There's a difference. Because like, well,
0: I'm not, like, nostalgic for them running through a hallway. I'm like, I get that. Well, I appreciate you, where were that. What do you think about that thing? That? like, oh, I really like when they were running down the hallway? No, just for me, because I was, like, super, like, oh my God, I remember that. Yeah, oh, that definitely. is nostalgia, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: Like yeah. A lot of animes, like, giving fan service. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so it's like. <laughs> Yeah, this
2: was cool. I did like when... And it was they really have more
1: assault references, I'm pretty sure... What You'd like it yeah. more.
0: When they did the uh, combat where they were, like, protecting the tower and they did some shots that were, like, straight out of the game but were, like, animated, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, too. Like, they did the behind-the-ship shots and stuff. Yeah, some parts are cool. Yeah, yeah I, I thought it was very well done. But, uh, yeah, so I guess with that, what an episode. Man, a lot of Nintendo is these, these past couple weeks. It was, uh... It's going to be an interesting year for Nintendo, that's for sure. I'd say that, I would said that at the start of the year, but now that we know what's not happening this year, no NX, no Zelda, and barely any E3, it's going to be really interesting to see how Nintendo does things. Because the last, I think, like the last few years, we've gotten into, there's been a predictable pattern. of Nintendo's going to do this at this time, then this at that time, then have some direct sprinkle throughout. Then release a big holiday game, then that's it. But this year, we, they still have a big holiday game, but we don't know what's going on with Directs. we don't know what's going on with D3, and next we'll get a big event. Zelda's going to have a blowout, but nothing else. Like, it's going to be interesting. So I'm excited to talk about it throughout the year, and um, are you, that's usually where we go, like, me too, but I guess I'm the only one that's excited to talk about it throughout the year. Um, it'll, be, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. It'll be fun. It'll certainly be fun. Nintendo's going into uncharted territory here, especially as they roll out more mobile stuff, but this is all new so it's not just going to be the same formula we're used to so we'll be back in two weeks time to pick up with the new Nintendo uh, on May 15th uh, my Starf- Star Fox Guard impressions there's going to be news from the Q&A portion of the financial briefing Ew. Uh, probably all oh, I heard that probably <laughs> other uh, news as well all the other latest in town news um, so as always make sure you don't miss our episodes subscribe to us on iTunes and now Google Play we are officially live on there or whatever podcasting app you use um you can also follow us on Twitter, at Ram Nintendo. If you want to hear our, our individual thoughts on games or other things in life, I'm on Twitter, at JSR7. Angel is at Wero, W-E-I-R-O underscore O. Elvis is Drake Redcrest. Those are also their Miiverse handles. So you can find them there on Miiverse. Mm-hmm. If you, want and follow. you can find me at Jason R on Miiverse. And that pretty much does it. So we will see you guys in two weeks. And hopefully... By then, the internet will have recovered from the insanity that was this past weekend in town days.